everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Mid-Max Show podcast. I'm Ben Hanson, joined by Jeff Marchiafava. Hey! Kyle Hilliard. Hello. And not Suriel Vasquez. Yeah, I'm in the wrong spot. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's out sick today, which is very sad. But I'm still very excited to get back in the studio and kick yeah. off 2020 with the podcast. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't have an episode last week, but hopefully you checked out the last episode that we did post, which is like the community coming in through Discord and, and volleying for their favorite games 2019. I thought those yeah. were really fun episodes. I, JV and Elise. I listened, and I'm, I was happy that JV and Elise weren't huge Outer Wilds fans. <laughs> but the community picked up, Jacob Geller in particular. Yeah, I no, really excited right. Outer yeah. Wilds in a big way. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll talk more about Outer Wilds later in this episode. Probably. Oh, interesting. Uh, so this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about stuff that we played over the break. Uh, we've all had a lot of time to digest some games. Right. We've all done different things. I don't know what you guys have been playing because you're weird. Um, then we're getting to <laughs> you our. Could have texted us and just asked us. <laughs> I know. What are you playing? Then we're getting to our 2020 predictions. We're gonna try. This will be like a nice time capsule, so that at the end of the year we can look like complete yeah. jerks. So please, how wrong we were. We <laughs> highly encourage everybody to clip out sections yes. where we make bold predictions and then send it back to us at the mm-hmm. end of the year, so we look like. Just maniacs, just the dumbest people alive. And can we just set as a ground rule that we have to do each one as pompous as possible? Like, <laughs> we're sure this is absolutely oh, no. going to happen. You have to start with, you idiots, don't you know that yeah. blank? This yeah. is one of my 100% predictions. This will <laughs> happen with all certainty. And then we're going to get to some fun community feedback and then get a load of this for 2020. Um, mm-hmm. Let's set some tables first before we dine on all this stuff. Uh, first of all, thank you for being here, both viewers and listeners, and you uh, in the studio. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm this trying to express appreciation. No, no, no. Yeah, but you're doing like a Jeff Goldblum like hand reach. <laughs> you know thing? what that is? Uh, that thank hand you move. For, uh... That's it's a. Um, I realized at a certain point going back and watching John Stewart, like, oh, that's exactly where I got that mm. from. Because oh, I watch so yeah, much yeah, Daily yeah. Show, and every time I he's trying to make that. a point and he's stretching, he does like this itsy bitsy spider thing with his hand that I totally picked up. Mm, that's funny. But I wanted to say that uh, on the set we have a thank you card from Hennepin Healthcare because we raised money uh, along with Bauhaus Brew Labs for uh, sweet toys for sick kids. Where we raised money to send to the hospitals over the holidays, some to buy some fun toys and games, stuff like that. Um, and they sent us a lovely card, and I posted on Instagram, which you could check out anyway. The Instagram account's Min yeah. Max Show, so please check that out. But thanks to those folks, and thanks to everybody that donated along the way. Uh, mm-hmm. We look forward to doing more charity stuff again this year. Also, a lot of questions about the deepest dive over the break. We had a poll go up for Patreon supporters. Actually, I think I made it public just to see like what does everybody want from Min Max in 2020. I was amazed. Like The Deepest Dives, which are thorough game club discussions where we take a game, break it into sections, play along with the community, people send in feedback, and we just basically ring a game for all it's worth, have very in-depth com- like discussions and conversations. Smart talks. Smart talks. Because I'm sick. thoughts. I'm sick of surface-level discussions uh, of like, oh, yeah, that old game, I think that was good. Moving mm-hmm. on. Like, no, let's get into systems, let's get into plot, let's get into specific moments, lines, stuff like that. Marinating those juices. So that's what The Deepest Dive is all about. Uh, I believe we are ready to announce our next official Deepest Dive, and we're going back in time. Literally. In more ways than one, ladies and gentlemen. The next Deepest Dive will be... Chrono, Chrono Trigger. Trigger. I was gonna tell Telltale's Back to the Future. But... <laughs> Whoa, Doc! Remember how good that Marty voice was? It was amazing. Uh, so Chrono Trigger, we're breaking Chrono Trigger up into three chunks. It's available. The DS version is pretty sweet. You can go old school Super Nintendo. There's the version on Steam, which is just fifteen bucks. 
Yeah. Um, and I know that it was just railed against at launch. It They have patched it to a place where it's not too bad. Yeah. You will not be insulted. I think the fonts are still a little bit off compared to the Super Nintendo version. But I think it's a pretty good option at this I point. I think also worth mentioning, the I believe on PS3 and Vita, you can play that uh, PlayStation 1 bundle that came out that had, I think it was Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger together. Yeah. So you can play it like the PlayStation 1 game. You can buy it from the store for your PlayStation 3 or your Vita. That version does have insanely long load times yes. going into battles. But it I does have the animated cutscenes. That's very those cool. Are, those are on DS as well. So. Absolutely. So timing. The first episode of The Deepest Dive for Chrono Trigger will be airing on January 22nd. So technically, we'll be recording it on the 21st, and so we'll need all your feedback before the 21st. But for that first episode, we're going to play up until you go to the end of time for the first time. Which is after we're going to play up until the end of time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it sounds long. It shouldn't be too long. So we're playing through the beginning, obviously, and then basically it's when the sci-fi future section. When you're done with that, and you go to the end of time, which is a more dark kind of ethereal place with a save point. Basically, just don't leave the end of time. Yeah. That's where we're when stopping you see the, for the first I think episode. There's a man with a trench coat you can talk to. That's when right. You see him. Stop. And that's a good lesson for advice yes. Yes. for life Just in overall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you see a man in trench coat, stop and run the other direction. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. Uh, let us know if you have any questions about that, but we're looking forward to kicking things off and diving in deep. That is going to be separate from this podcast. If you're a new listener, that's going to be separate in the YouTube feed, and then you can get the audio version if you're a Patreon supporter as well. But, hey, it should be fun. Well, hey, Hanson, do yeah. you want to tell people what kind of feedback you want? Specific points the go. more specific the better don't give me a laundry list of i love this game it's good for the following 14 reasons be like hey i think this line of dialogue from robo is funny because of this or yeah. i hate this weapon because of this the or man this. in the trench coat creeps me out that's for this right. reason that's right get as specific as possible favorite moments least favorite moments uh anything like that we'll have a post on patreon kind of breaking that down as well but we're looking forward to kicking this whole thing off. Should be a grand adventure. Also, I want to point out MinFax, <laughs> which uh, is every Monday we stream for $20 supporters, and it's like a fun Q&A. Um, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's Jeff Um, sometimes Serial. Kyle, you should come by and do one of those. At some I know. Point. Mondays are always weird. But yeah, yeah I'll come by at some point. Uh, but anyways, and then on Tuesday mornings, we release the audio version for $5 supporters on Patreon, patreon.com slash minmax 2 Um, But we're changing it up a little bit this year where the final episode of the month we're going to do community call-ins. So oh, if you're cool. a $20 mm. supporter on Patreon, we'll let you know the time. It'll be um, probably the Sunday before the final week of the month, including January here. Um, we'll just call people up. And so if you want to be on a podcast with me or Jeff and whoever else is going to be so there. that's for MinFax. This is for MinFax. Okay. That's right. Uh, you, so check that out. And the way you did it on the MinMax show is you basically called up people on Discord, right? Which, yeah. from the outside, from well. my perspective, yeah. seemed to work really well. It was great because yeah. everybody, it seems like a Discord has some decent equipment ready to go since this entire point of Discord is to chat. And also you get access to the Discord if you support uh, MinMax at any tier on Patreon. So it's out, kind man. of a, it's a slow Exciting. gateway drug. You know how it goes? Um, okay, the big break. How was your guys' break? It was good. Did you stay around here? Go home? I stayed around here. Okay. Stayed Stay here too as you well. Just camped yes. out in your house. Yeah. Um, scale of one to ten, how would you rate your gaming time? Was it gaming heavy? Was it lighter than you experienced? Mm. Um, it was pretty good, all things considered. Once we got past kind of the Christmas festivities, I had more time. Yeah. So you actually got to sink your teeth into some big old games. Uh, not big old games. Oh. A lot of smaller ones. 
how I do jump you guys, around between. Uh, zooming out a little bit, how do you guys feel after we record the big game of the year discussions and all that? Like, isn't it a nice, liberating feeling to be like, yeah. now I can just play mm-hmm. whatever I want? Not that I don't want to play these other games, but just like, it's just this pressure oh, that's just gone. Yeah, totally. But then you slowly realize oh, wait, I still have to play this. Oh, wait, I should probably keep going in Death Stranding. Like, there's so many lingering things that you forget about when you think that you're completely on the home I stretch. I do, but I always I always give myself that, you know, like two weeks or whatever that we have where it's like, I'm not going to worry about that. I'll start worrying about those. Those games will be there for me still, yeah. you know, in two weeks when we're back into a normal routine. I'm just going to play whatever I yeah. want to. I mean, And then it feels very much like a kid again of like, ooh, I get to play games and it can be whatever I want. <laughs> it's so stupid. I know, I know. It's dumb, but it is that weird window where I actually like pick at my backlog a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like without any concern that I might be wasting my time, which is dumb. I shouldn't feel that way. Right. I shouldn't that's feel right. like playing a 2018 game is a waste of time. That's so stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the, that's the grind, man. That's yeah. the burden we have to carry podcasting ooh. about games. Uh, before we get to actually playing games, I turned on Awesome Games Done Quick, which oh, yeah. has been going on. Uh, the Summer Games Done Quick, by the way, is done in St. Paul. So when that's in town, we hope to collaborate with them in some way. I haven't talked to them about this yet, but it'd be fun to have some speedrunners in the studio, something like that. Like, they're in St. Paul. We're in Minnesota. We should make something happen. But Awesome Games Done Quick, it was beautiful because I turned it on, and it was the very start of a speedrun of The Outer Worlds. Oh, okay. Which we did uh, as our last deepest dive. If you didn't check that out, yeah, we all speed ran it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I Some did, and then I went did. back. Uh, how long do you think that speed run is? Uh, f- six hours. Jeff, thirty-two minutes. Fourteen minutes. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> it's okay, so but they're good. like they're clipping through things, and no, oh, because, that is okay, exactly okay. what I was expecting. It is fourteen minutes, and there's not really any. It's just taking a direct path to credits through So the one tricky thing they do, by the way, they, I thought it'd be like, oh, so it's a pacifist run. It is not because they kill one person because if you have a pacifist run, it adds 20 seconds to your run through apparently okay. of the game. Yeah, right. So it's like one explosion that they set off just so they kill one person as they work their way through. But the big trick is they go to Edgewater, they go to the space station, which is surprising. Then in Byzantium, there's a guy behind the desk. I forget if you don't side with the board whether you interact with him much, but his name's Percival. And there's this one trick where you like pickpocket Percival and then you run over to a door and there's some weird glitch where if he's by the door, he will reflexively open the door. And then if you go there, you can just skip like all the hmm. end game quests. So if you just beeline it right to Byzantium and then pickpocket this dude, it's like, all right, then basically here's the credits and dumb ending, the end. Okay. It was so all much right. fun to watch. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all, Weird. but very fun. Also, like the only thing he levels up is his intimidate because it's all you really need to blast hmm. through that game. But it kind of blows my mind that that game's, what, four months old now? Yeah. And they've already gotten it down to 14 minutes. Yeah. Like, well, that's, that's the amazing crazy. thing about the speedrunning community. Yeah, it's just like, uh, by the way, Chris Studio, who came in, the studio back at Game Informer to show off Bloodborne and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he was there uh, on the couch explaining it and he was talking about like, oh, it's just the speedrunning community in Discord. And just like, when they come across that eureka moment of like, wait, Percival will open this door for everybody. Like mm. that is just, that, that must be so everything. satisfying to be part of that community as these epiphanies are coming through. But um, but as for playing stuff, let's see, Kyle, what did you what did you dive into yeah, the most Yeah, how do you want to do that? Because I have a literal list. Do you want me to just kind of- Start with the most interesting. Uh, okay. I think, well, let's see. Let me Most interesting, you say. Uh-huh. I think um, the weirdest one was Resident Evil 6. Oh, yeah. Which was on is <clears throat> on sale on Switch, and I downloaded the demo first to see how it ran. It was fine. It seemed good. Sure. Um, and I, so I, I grabbed that, and it's like this game that I've always 
I played it a lot in preview at Game Informer. I played like a huge chunk of the game, and then it came out, and multiple times I have tried to start it. Of course, right? Like I played it on 360 when it came out, and didn't get very far. When it came out on Xbox One, at one point it was on sale, so I bought it and I started it then. I didn't get very far, and it's always been this game that like I've been somewhat defensive about because it's kind of considered like the worst Resident Evil, I think, right? I mean, that's an interesting point. Maybe I mean, the, you could say like the Game Boy main, game or something. The worst right? mainline like numbered Resident Evil. I think yeah. six is generally people are Unless really you down cl- on. Include zero. There's some people that would argue. Yeah. Anyways, yes, but, I hear you. Yeah, and so like, but my reaction to that has always been like, I played probably like six hours of it. It's a it's a fun action romp. It's not like a great Resident Evil game, but it's a good third person action game. Yeah. And after playing it a ton on Switch, I have definitely fallen into the camp of thinking it's not a great Resident Evil game and not liking it. There's like a point where like you're fighting little uh, Roombas on the ground that are like electrifying you. I started keeping a tally of how many helicopters crashed over the course of the game. I got up to four after beating Chris's campaign. And it's just like... I get it now. I get why people are kind of down on the game. So Because I remember with the previews, they led with the Leon stuff, which, which yeah. was promising. Like tweeting about it and stuff, people are saying like the Leon campaign's the best. Mm-hmm. And then I played I played through Chris's campaign, which might be one of the weaker ones. But it's like yeah. it's interesting to go back to the game. I want to finish it. I want to keep playing because this is weird. I've played pretty much every other Resident Evil game except for six. So that's like So you just played one of the campaigns. Yes, and I started Leon's campaign and probably okay. like two hours into that. And how one, many so. campaigns are there? There's three. Mm. Yeah. And each one's like five, five, six hours. Oh, okay. Something like that. So it's Leon, Chris, and Hull? And Hunk? uh <laughs> the girl that you save in Resident Evil Two. Oh, okay. I can't, I can't remember her name, but you play as her and then um Wesker's son, Jake. Right. Who's right. voiced by Troy Baker, I think. So I saw you tweet something about a Pokeball yeah. at the end of Resident Evil At the Six. end of Chris's campaign, you get into this thing that looks like a Pokeball to like escape because you're in like an underwater lap. Sorry to offer some spoilers for Resident Evil 6, but I mean, yeah. come on, it's one campaign in <laughs> Resident Evil 6. But yeah, you get in this thing that looks like a giant Pokeball and float to the surface. And I tweeted like a joke. It's like, oh, I didn't think I would escape in a Pokeball. And someone was like, "That's dude, that's a Saiyan ship. From Dragon Ball, oh, of and it, course. it totally looks way more like that. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> so yeah, so that was maybe the the, the most random one. Was Irredeemable Evil 6. in your mind, like there's no reason anybody should play it outside if I you're mean, like Tim Turry and obsessed with man Resident Evil lore. It is tough when literally Resident Evil Four and Resident Evil Five are right next to it. Like right. if you're looking, I want to play Resident Evil on Switch. Like yeah. play Four or Five, you know, or are you even Revelations. I like Five. Yeah, um, I haven't played in a while, but sure. But uh, I like. I like it more than six. My, in my memory, I like it more than six. Yeah, but I, it's it's a solid action game. It's like it's so I, I wouldn't say irredeemable, but like it's it's really weak compared to the rest of Resident Evil. So, yeah, yeah. Jeff, what have you been playing, man? At the beginning of kind of like our winter break, even though it feels weird to say that since we don't have actual jobs like we used to. <laughs> I just sit in my basement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I got a text from Jeff Cork. Oh. Which was weird that it wasn't even on Slack or anything. He went straight to text. Yeah. And he, he, and I could only see, you know, like the first half of the sentence. And it said, do me a favor, something, something, something. And I was like, oh, you know, like what does Cork, what would Cork be texting me about yeah. that he actually needs? And his message said, do me a favor and start a new game in No Man's Sky. I think it might be my desert island pick. It is absolutely the greatest podcast of all time. Podcast also, game. love you, miss you. Oh, that's very sweet. Uh, but as soon as I read that, that I was like, oh, like that is the that is the perfect game for like this little window yeah. where I can do anything I want. By little window, you mean your last four months? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, the, the, especially the last two weeks of like, yeah. 
and and also there was this weird kind of pessimistic thing of like it sounds perfect to end 2019 which wasn't the greatest year by just like blasting off and going to some random <laughs> planet that no one else lives on and starting my own little colony and like like basically like going crazy and going off and living in the woods and you're role playing it some, like yes. okay forgetting earth exists yeah pretty much okay uh but it was a super fun experience and it i com- i did start a new campaign and like all the stuff that they added to it, they don't get enough credit for. You know, they were really, they were really saying, "Oh, they've, you know, they've listened to the community and they've added back all yeah, these yeah. things, and it's a different experience." And it really does feel like the core is still there, and it may still be disappointing if you were expecting, you know, this grandiose like action adventure kind of thing or whatever. But as as that kind of crafting exploration game like it is so much more satisfying now and they added so many different progression trees and all these kind of things and they they really fleshed out the actual like building mechanics like i think in the launch game you could kind of just grenade your way into the ground and you could kind of mine ore which would terraform the world but now they've added actual terraforming tools where you can also build stuff up any way that you want to and like in different shapes and stuff and build your own bases and all kinds of things and so i put another like 30 hours into it and was super enjoying it yeah if that came out as a 2019 game would it have been your game of the year oh i mean is it that level of quality at this point yeah it's it's hard to go back and kind of remember what my expectations were like i i was a defender of it and yeah. i still really enjoyed it when it first came out but i can totally understand you know why it doesn't live up to it it there's still things about it where i wish that there was more interaction with the creatures like that was my biggest letdown well of, now you can ride them or whatever right you can finally ride yeah, your dinosaur yeah. like you've always and milk them i think right uh, I, I, I think you can, yeah. yes, because you can also like plant crops now and stuff like that. There's a whole farming simulation part which I didn't even get to, but it still it still feels like you have these guns that you can get. Yeah, there is combat to it, which is competent, but there's just not a lot to do with it, and that's kind of like the biggest letdown for me still. But yeah, I mean, it would be. It would be on my top ten for sure. Yeah, it, oh, that's it, awesome. maybe it should have. You know, had I played it, um, you know, a couple of weeks earlier or whatever when I was making that list. But, yeah. but it was a good suggestion by Jeff Cork, and I'm glad I went back to it. Also, I was tickled pink that Jeff Cork, at some point, messaged me saying that he finally checked out what the golf. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is exactly what I've been hoping Seems like for a Jeff from a game. game. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just the music alone. Yeah, it's exactly Jeff Cork's cup of tea. Uh, when I could play anything under the sun, I was liberated from the shackles of 2019. Mm. I realized, like, it's a weird thing, but I started, like, gravitating towards, like, DLC. And oh. so I went back to Jurassic World Evolution because they released DLC called Return to Jurassic Park. And all I knew was, like, okay, it's, like, going back to the old assets from, like, the original film, which is very exciting because that was even back when, like, we did preview coverage of the game back at Game Informer. They were super cagey about like, oh, I don't know if we'll have the old visitor center. And clearly they were saving everything for this big canonical return to Jurassic Park. Is, it paid? is that paid DLC? Or? Uh, I believe it is, yeah. Okay. yeah. And so went back, checked it out. And it's like, oh, they have Jeff Goldblum as Ian Malcolm, you know. And then they have Alan Grant and Ellie Sadler in there too. And as I started playing it, I was like, those voices, that's a very good Laura Dern. That's a confusingly good Laura Dern. Looked it up. All the original actors were back. Like, really? I did not even recognize Sam Neill because he has such a weird 
voice in Jurassic Park, even where it's like he does a pretty good American accent, but yeah. every once in a so while, he's Australian, right? New Zealand, I okay. believe. That sounds right. Um, but every once in a while, like you can start to hear it waver, and so now hearing him reprise Alan Grant for I guess the third time, it is so weird to hear him and just trying to figure like, okay, this is the new voice of Alan Grant. It's pretty close, but it can still it's an older Alan Grant kind of right. Yeah, and maybe it is just that aspect of like now that I know that he's not an American, I can hear it more and stuff. Yeah. But it's fascinating because like all those characters return. I wonder if it's part of some deal with them returning for the third Jurassic World film as well. Where they're oh. like, okay, mm-hmm. we'll give you this much money. You go ahead and do this game. You're on the Universal lot anyway, everybody. But it's so weird that like I know that Steven Spielberg cast uh, Jeff Goldblum because with that film he wanted like a very natural delivery, and you can't get more of a natural delivery, maybe just a fault than Jeff Goldblum. Sure. But then even Sam Neill, like. All these characters are hemming and hawing their way through all this dialogue in Return to Jurassic Park in such a weird way where it's like, well, of course, Jurassic Park dialogue, you know, it's a lot of, uh, well, you could uh, say that. You know, it's just like so <laughs> strangely paced. And then the most bizarre part about the whole experience is that they have a character from, if you're a huge Jurassic World Evolution fan, surely you remember Cabot Finch, who's an original character from that game. And so they have like the very young version of him interacting with these characters, but he just sounds like a video game cartoon voice. <laughs> okay. And so imagine like just the brilliance of Laura Dern interacting with SpongeBob. You know, like, it's just the right. most jarring thing. <laughs> and so like the way that they try and make this work is that, and I'm very into this angle, but you'd never guess. They try and convince everybody we can salvage Jurassic Park, and so even that, even though Alan Grant, and, yes, huh? and they they make an interesting case where like it's I love this detail where it's like it's Ellie who really wants to go back, where she's like, look, Hammond, he's going to try and revive this thing on his own. Like we need to steer this ship the best way that we can. So we need to be as close as possible. Plus, if we care about dinosaurs, the most important place in the history of the planet is that island right now? Like, how can we okay. not go? And I lo- it's such a weird deal because Ellie was the most adamant. Sorry, stop me if I'm going on too long. But Ellie was the most adamant, obviously, about, like, you never had control, you idiot, you know? Where then in this, she's like, I think we can gain control of this. Like, she fully <laughs> flips and, like, turns to the dark side. It's basically, like, you know, the end of uh, Last Crusade. Like, I can reach it, Indy. I can reach it. Like, she thinks that she can, like, control Jurassic Park. But it's very silly. And it just, like, shatters the lore because then eventually... Uh, you move to site B, like the Lost World location. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a moment and where... they Mal- got Vince Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. But there's a moment where uh, Ian Malcolm's like, did you guys know that this exists? And they're like, no, not at all. It's like, well, he can't know that it exists because in Lost World, it's like a big surprise to him when John Hammond reveals that they had a whole site. Wait, 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 wait. But Malcolm was asking Alan, right? Right. So... So we, but Ian. Ian was also learning about it because then you go to the island and also build up Isla Sorna. Okay. And so, so in the that, game, it's a surprise to Malcolm. Yes, but I'm saying it doesn't make sense no, that, that he would then sense. know yeah. about it for then Lost World. So, like, the idea of it being canon is so just so it fits insane. in between the first and the second movies, is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Oh, but the but the weird, weird thing too is that like the way they write the characters, basically, it's like they just stopped the movie halfway through and then that's where the characters are. Well, there's a lot of stuff with, like, they all still hate Ian Malcolm. It's like, oh, this rock star over here and stuff. It's like, what the hell, man? Like, You guys went through something. Yeah, you'd think <laughs> you'd be a little more bonded, you know? Or, like, she 
tries or she calls Ellie. Alan Grant still hates kids. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like Ellie calls uh, Ian Malcolm, like Dr. Malcolm. He's like, Ian, please. She's like, I'll stick with Dr. Malcolm. It's like, why? Why this <laughs> attitude at this point, everybody? Uh, so it's, it's, it's very silly, but it's fun to hear those characters yeah. in a video game, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, that blows my mind that Laura Dern's in there. I mean, she's I know. Like a big deal now. Yeah. I mean, not that she never was, but I feel, I feel like in the last couple of years, like she's yeah. really blown up to me way. she's royalty yeah. yeah uh what else have you guys been playing <laughs> uh delta rune i played through finally oh which is weird the random. first episode yeah, yeah. which is weird because it's very standalone to me like it didn't oh, really? feel like one that like i i'm not like i enjoyed it but i'm not like oh, i can't wait for the next part it's like it i don't know it was good i beat uh fallen hang, hang on real quick that's the <laughs> that's Surreal's having a panic attack oh, yeah. when you gloss by delta rune so much oh, sure, so sure. that's like the spiritual yeah, successor kind of sequel to undertale yeah where it's, it's conf- the first episode mm. it's very confusing because i think toby fox has said it's not a sequel right right but like there are characters from undertale prominently featured in the game yeah um often so and it looks exactly like undertale you know and sounds like undertale and plays like undertale but it's a, a new story it's it's a weird thing but i appreciate it for that reason like was that, it enjoyable yeah i liked it i'm not i'm not like the undertale super fan most people are i like that game i think yeah. it's cool i I'm don't I, the art style like I, I i don't love it you know what i mean i think it holds the game back in some ways um even though that like many would argue that that's part of the charm yeah you know but um yeah, worth playing. Great dialogue. I, the thing that I love about Undertale and Deltarune is that it kind of plays with your expectations of what a video game should do. Like, it, it presents a puzzle to you and, like, plays with what you expect it means to solve a puzzle in a game. And, like, it starts with you creating a character and then it just, like, throws it out the window. It's like, no, you're just going to be this person. Like, you can't decide who you are this way. Like, you are this character, which right. is, like, fun. You know, like, yeah, I yeah. like that kind of stuff. And it's still free, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just okay. free. I played it on Switch. Uh, oh, fun! So, so you can just download it for free from the eShop. Yeah. And oh, I think that's crazy. Like, I think it's like, like it probably took about two, three hours total to okay. play through it. And it's yeah, like yeah. it feels like a standalone, short Undertale almost. You yeah. Know? So if you liked Undertale, you should definitely check it out. That's cool. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, after No Man's Sky for like thirty hours, I decided I jumped into Game Pass and like downloaded a bunch of other smaller games that I had been meaning to get to some of them I already had downloaded and they were just sitting in my Xbox waiting to play but I can say that I have already ruined my top 10 list because one of the games that I went to was Untitled Goose Game because that came out on Game Pass oh, yeah, yeah. at the very end of December and yeah it should it totally should have been on my list I played through <laughs> and I did every challenge except for like the timed ones because oh, wow. I don't yeah, no, I don't, don't want to I don't want to try and time run Untitled Goose Game but yeah, yeah just super charming just the idea of running around as a goose, just causing trouble, and then figuring out, you know, they give you the lists of objectives, but yeah. then other ones you can't see, and you're just trying, you're you're taking the tool, the basically the tools of mischief, goose mischief that you have, and figuring out how you can apply them to other places as you're kind of going around this town, which is really smartly designed how you're kind of getting to one place to the other and then unlocking kind of Metroid exploration mm. where you're unlocking <laughs> these different mm, shortcuts. It's good, right? But it's, yeah, it yeah. was just super satisfying. And the honk button should have been one of our favorite things. I, I right. think a community member may have mentioned that uh, yeah, as a thing. It but 
really is up but there. But it is just. Were you uh, as struck by the ending as I was? Like, because that was the thing that really, no. like, really. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and you kept on bringing up like the end. Oh, like there's a reason well, why now, you're doing but all I this. I looked it up expecting some insane twist where you turn into a human or something, no. and I was like, oh yeah, no, okay. Yeah, I I probably built it up too much. Like you did at this point because it was it's not a crazy twist or anything. It's just yeah. I like the way it wrapped everything mm-hmm. together and like. Even sort of that that world design, it becomes very circular yes. because of the ending, and I like glad about it too. You yeah. Know, so there there was another. I guess we're holding back spoilers for Untitled Goose yeah, Game. Yeah, we should. But there yeah. there is one part where you're you think something that you're going to do is easy, and then you find out as you're doing it that it's much more difficult than you thought it was going to be. Yeah. But in a funny, it was another funny moment of like, oh no, I have to do this instead. <laughs> yeah. And well, was, I'm glad you played it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I. I had a feeling that it was the kind of game that would be up my alley and that I would enjoy, but I just it was one of the ones that I just didn't get to. But now that I did, I can say, yeah, I screwed up my top ten list. <laughs> I think we all have regrets. Like I, sure. the more I think about it, it's like it is nuts that we did not talk about Ashtray Maze as moment of the year, oh, one of the moments yeah, of the sure, year. Sure. Like yeah. going through Control, that just blew my mind. That was so awesome. That soundtrack. Oh, that soundtrack. <laughs> oh, which, <laughs> which, by the way, Kyle. Uh, Control was not one of the games that I got to and played more oh. during break. Oh, so really? I still, I still have your copy. copy. I did play a little, a little more of it, and I am confident because I, I think I put it towards the bottom of my top ten list. Yeah. It, and that's one of the fudging ones where it's like, uh, in a year, am I going to look back and be like, uh, I didn't even play anymore. You know, I played two hours of that. What the hell was I thinking? Yeah. But yeah. I, I do feel confident about it, but I am going to have to keep your copy. Well, when the DLC comes longer. out, then I will make my demands. Okay. Also, the in the big list of mistakes that. I don't know what we were thinking. Is I, I know that Giant Bomb loved it and Dan Reichert loved it, and then we played it a little bit at um, during the Extra Life stream at Game Informer and had a good time with it. But I finally got around to playing Heave Ho. Oh on, yeah, on, mm. I think it's on Steam and Switch right I think now. It was recently given away on Epic Game Store. Oh, is that, that right? Be, or maybe if you're a Twitch Prime subscriber. Uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So local co-op, you know, kind of that competitive edge, but still co-op nonetheless, physics-y, and you just have two arms, and you're trying to, like, swing each other across these environments. Yeah. If you're just into, like, a game you can play with friends, one to four, and just laugh at silly physics and just, like, mess with each other, you know, we played it for an hour and a half and just laughed the entire time. Like, it absolutely deserved a spot, I think. Yeah. Or at least mm-hmm. in the running Should or discussion discussed, yeah. for, you know, our, our big list of two tens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so definitely check that out. Heave ho, everybody. <laughs> Let's talk about Outer Wilds. Oh. Uh, which is, like, interesting because you're talking about a game that you feel like got left off the list, you yeah. know, and that kind of thing. I finished Outer Wilds. Oh, great. Um, And I, I do like that game. It's very cool. I don't really regret our discussion about it. it oh, no. Finishing Kyle, the game. Kyle, the only solution is if you just say you regret it immediately. No, I mean, sinned. there, there, I... Sort of the, the the discussion that we had about it, well, like, because the big thing for me was like, sort of like, you would go down these these big long sort of puzzle hallways, I guess you mm. could say, of like, okay, I'm gonna get to this planet, I'm gonna get underground, I gotta wait till this asteroid flies by the sun to melt the ice and get down there and then explore inside this asteroid, and like that stuff is really cool, but the finish line was still like underwhelming for me because like this example that I'm even talking about here with melting the ice on the asteroid, like you get into the middle, you read a little bit of text, and then you die. Sure. Because there's, like, not even really a great way to get out. Right. You know? But, like, the thing that struck me about seeing the ending without any spoilers or anything is you do get these really exciting moments of just exploring, like, deep, deep, deep into space and, like, finding these, like, weird environments and, like, crazy things. And that's where the game really shines, I feel like. 
the puzzles are still kind of obtuse to me and like not super rewarding, but like going into um like into the middle of a planet and just like sort of slowly moving through and seeing what's there and what the sound design is like and like the kind of stuff you come across sort of naturally is is very cool it seems like the thing you know from listening to like giant bomb talk about it so much it seems like they're all hooked on piecing the story together and like the way that kind yeah. of culminates in the end that didn't do it as much for you i like the ending a lot yeah but like the sort of path there was like this sort of you're sort of learning about this not really extinct, but like this alien race that kind of left behind all these clues. I didn't find it like super engaging or compelling. The thing that was exciting to me was exploring and seeing things. Like reading the sort of little bits and pieces about what they were trying to do and what they were trying to pull off was like less interesting to me. And then the ending, very cool ending, Hmm. for sure. So did we blow it? I don't think so. Okay, great. I mean, not necessarily. I, yeah. I I think that game is really good. I don't want to, I don't want anyone to ever think that I like I disliked that game. Yeah. But it just it wouldn't have cracked my top ten. Wow. You know. Did mm. you um did you check out Daniel Dwyer's No Clip documentary on the creation of it? No, I you haven't. Should. I because I saw him. Someone was asking him on Twitter of like, are there spoilers in here? And he was like, well, not really. But and it's he probably, makes a clean dividing line even in the video okay. of saying like, if you don't want any context for anything, tune yeah. out here. Yeah. yeah. So I think now like I would feel comfortable going to watch that. And it really is like one thing to really talk about with that game is like how much of a technical achievement it is. Yeah. Like it is mind blowing. Like especially when you get deep into the game and like there's like planets pulling sand, like the gravitational pull is pulling sand off one planet and then then that lowers the sand level on one planet so you can like explore. Like that kind of and that's just all sort of happening like what feels like very naturally Mm -hmm. is like very impressive. And yeah, very and cool. I love that the documentary focuses a bit on the tech as well. Like, there's just small little things, and maybe this is very common in games, and we're all just very naive. But they talk about like because of the way that world's built, and it like just modeling on a sphere is so challenging because yeah. you can't just like pop up a certain spot. It's like okay, I have to rotate the camera 360 just to work on this art asset. But then the crazy thing is they talk about like jumping because there's no center of the world or anything like that just becomes a mess. So technically what's happening every time you're jumping in that game is just the planet you're on is moving. <laughs> like the entire universe is just moving below you. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fun like game nightmare. tricks. Yeah. But yeah. you guys you guys check it out. I know you played it a little no, bit. No, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's no. on Game Pass. You should. I, uh, I did yeah. play a little bit of it uh, Because before. it does, the things that I don't really like about No Man's Sky, which is like the randomization element, like you, I still get the things I like about No Man's <laughs> Sky, which is like getting in a ship and taking off and flying to another planet. But like with, more of a sort of human hand, like designing. This the is planets. all crafted. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I which I like a lot. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I installed a new graphics card. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you so much. And I was like, okay, I just want to make sure it's actually installed here and it's actually working. And so I was like, okay, what do I have in my taskbar? Oh, Forza Horizon Four. I love that game. That'll be a good <laughs> one to test it on. Booted it up, got in there, and then they give the introduction that oh, head over here for the Eliminator. And I was like, oh, that's right. I forgot that Forza Horizon Four. Added a battle royale. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I'm yeah, very yeah. into it. Like I saw that headline. I was like, oh, I got to remember to check that out. And I would have completely forgotten about it except for this graphics card. So went over to it. It's wild, and I think I really like it. So it's called the Eliminator. It's free, as far as I can tell. They just put it in the middle of the map, and so you go over there, load in, and it's 72 players, and it's like starts out with the entire Forza Horizon 4 map, which is huge. It's like four times the size of England. That's not true, but it's, it's a huge <laughs> uh, landmass. And then, of course, you know, Battle Royale, so the circle strengths, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. But then the way that you're eliminating other players is you're just driving around, and if you go near somebody, you can hit, like, right stick, basically, to challenge them, and then it'll just say, okay, uh, the finish line is over here, and it's, like, a mile and a half away, and then it's just a 
simple, fast race to figure out who can get there. Hmm. If you don't make it, that person's eliminated. Hmm. And then the cool thing is that instead of having drops for guns and stuff, they have drops for new cars. So, like, scattered around the map, you just see, like, these drones with, like, a pink haze, and you go over there and it's like, hey, do you want to upgrade to this car? And so then it's just a very natural way. But also if you eliminate people, then you also automatically upgrade your car to a better one. Mm. And then when it gets down to, what is it, uh, eight for, like, the final circle of eight, then it's like it can't keep doing that because the circle's so small you can't have races anymore. So then it's like, all right, down to eight (laughs) players, and finish line is over here, go. And then it's just like a finale, and you just have to race to the finish. So could you get lucky there and just be right near the finish line, or is it does it – Figure no, out a way to keep it's everyone like, equal because the distance. circle is so small. Yeah, it'll be roughly. You could probably get a little lucky and get like a head start, but then it'll be like, okay, the finish line is going to be three miles out this okay. direction okay. outside the circle. Yeah, because that'd be a thing. bummer if like you would just win because it's like, oh well, the, re- the finish line popped right next to me. Right, yeah, okay, but it's good. smart because it's also like it's, people still camp, which is weird to do in a racing game. Mm-hmm. But like, okay, I'm just going to go to the middle of the circle and kind of sit here. But I think it kind of works against that because of like the head-to-head challenge thing. So if you're moving, drive past somebody challenge them suddenly they've been challenged and if they're at a standstill when right. that race starts they're at a disadvantage mm. so it, like it incentivizes you to keep moving which is really unique in a battle mm. royale but then it just made me think of like oh yeah this is microsoft's first battle royale technically right well i mean they were they got behind PUBG in a big way well, like, they, it's not they let PUBG go on the system well, but in terms of yeah, like a microsoft yeah, yeah. first party design yes. battle royale it's yeah. got to be first yeah it's it is weird yeah which is a a weird place to do your first battle royale. Sounds yeah. cool though. That's interesting. I, it is yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. And I still any reminder to go back and play that game is welcome because the Forza Rising games are so much fun. Hmm. Yeah. So check out the Eliminator. Run, don't walk. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> race don't camp. That's right. Anything else you guys have? Uh, you want to talk about a short hike? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah you played it. Yeah, which you recommended it to me a long time ago, and everything you said about it. It's not something I was like avoiding or didn't think I wouldn't like or anything based on everything you told me but like it is really good it's like this short game where you are like a bird on this island and you just have to make your way to the top trying to get cell service trying to get cell service and it's like <laughs> it, you can get through it even if you're taking your time with like in under two hours right yeah. and it's like and you 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 say like Animal Crossing and Breath of the Wild which are you know how you used to describe it which is like those are big games to compare to this little small indie game but it's like it's totally accurate like, it is that just a bite sized version yeah because like yeah. you level up your climbing ability you can mm-hmm. glide around and it's just really sweet and charming and I played it with my kid and like I didn't even I ended up not touching the controller I thought it would be kind of back and forth but she was like 100% she played the whole thing wow. and then immediately restarted it and wanted really? to play again and it was it was really fun to just play with her and like I, I really liked it a lot I'd, I'd like to have it on like switch in the future or something just to like revisit every now and then you know? yeah did you um i feel like i could have used a map there's sometimes just like where was that yeah. starting cabin again because there's also there's like you don't have to like revisit a lot of locations yeah but like there was like we were trying to collect money and we had to buy something i was like oh, where was that thing again and then mm-hmm. there's like a little island off to the yes so i i'm a, basically i'm agreeing with you it would have been nice to have a, a little bit of a map it wouldn't it didn't have to be anything super detailed or anything but yeah yeah uh, but yeah, very very cool. I I like that game a lot. Oh yeah. good, oh sweet. Keep going, man. Let's keep going yeah. through this stuff. Uh, I played probably the first couple hours of my friend Pedro. Oh, which was weird. another one. First couple hours. That's a lot of my friend Pedro. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe I was being slow. It was it was like two or three levels. I d- sure. I don't know how how far in I got, but yeah, that was a fun kind of. Side view take on Hotline Miami is or probably like a little bit of Max Payne in there. Yeah, yeah. Where yes, because of you have the slow motion 
ability, but and kind of almost remind me a little like Tony Hawk too, because you're trying to mm. combo all of these yeah. kills together in a weird way. But it, that was just a kind of fun, very gory, ridiculous take. There are sections where you just get on a skateboard and then you are skating through through these areas, and it was. It was fun. Is that another Game Pass joint? Yes. Okay, there yeah. we go. Like I said, I, I downloaded like half a dozen games yeah. from that. And that one that one was fun. Yeah. I, I'd like to go back and continue. It it gets a little overwhelming if you play too much of it at one time. But yeah. That's a good one. Sweet. Hey, it's just a duel between you two. Oh, is it? Okay. Let's see. Uh what's another good one? Um oh I, I did play through Ape Out on Switch. Oh, good. Uh which I really enjoyed. Um uh, yeah, the music in that game so good. Like that's like I'm a drummer, and it's just like all drums and jazzy drums, and yeah, yeah really. Uh, I, I expected to. I don't know why. Just from hearing you guys talk about it so much, I thought it would get a little more intricate or detailed, or like you would get Very more abilities. Game, but it's like yeah. no, just survive and hit that right trigger a lot, you yep. know. And it's like it's really I the the weird thing I took away from it, which is like I didn't never thought I would think this in 2019, but I was like. I kind of want to play this in stereoscopic 3D and see what that would look like. Because, like, I don't like... The thing that I think 3D films and stuff do okay is not coming in your face. Like, that's less interesting to me. It's like looking deep down a tunnel, Yeah, I think, is when 3D actually becomes kind of cool. Like, I saw uh, Star Wars in 3D recently, yeah. like which was, like, by accident. I just, like, bought those tickets. Yeah. And there's, like, a scene uh, near the end, no spoilers, where there's, like, electricity flying into the air. <laughs> no spoilers. Well, I mean, I don't okay, know. Is sure. that a I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I want to be careful about this, but uh-huh. like, I thought that scene actually looked cool in 3D because you were looking like at right. something going off into the horizon or off right. into the parallel right. to you. And that's and that's what Ape Out is. Palpatine like to you. <laughs> but uh, Ape Out is like you looking down into something. Yeah. And so I was like, I I was asking around or googling a little bit. Is like even on PC, is there a way to play it in stereo? And like. No, no, no. They ew. Are you nuts? Yeah. The answer was just ew. <laughs> Go You're away. the only one that wants this at all. Bad caps. man, bad uh, man. But cool game. Yeah. yeah, speaking of music, I don't know. I wasn't on the music podcast that you guys did, oh, but yeah. did someone bring up Untitled Goose Game? No. As no, like it's another the piano? Yeah, yeah, but it's another one that's kind dynamic. of a dynamic one, yeah. but very playful. Yeah, that. for sure. That's, that's tough I because s- like when I think of those best songs... Like I think about like specific sure. songs and Goose Game's music is very cool and good, mm-hmm. but it's like not something I would like listen to outside of the right. game. And it, like that's fine. Like that's it's perfect for Goose Game. But yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, I also played a couple hours of War Groove because I know oh, everyone yeah. was losing their mind over that one. Well, one one person, person was. <laughs> yeah, I thought because for a while that was Serial's game of the year, yeah. and I thought he was gonna champion it harder towards the end, but still good. Uh, Advanced Wars, you've been missing that. He put, yeah. all, he put all his chips in Disco Elysium. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was a... It seems good. It it was a slow burn for me, especially because it, it starts you off very slow in terms of, like, teaching you very basic turn-based combat stuff. But then you get into... You get to the point where you're kind of capturing bases in a map and using that to generate new uh, units and stuff like that. And it got... A little more interesting. It was some variety that I hadn't really seen much in a in turn-based tactics games because mm-hmm. I do like those, but I haven't delved too much into advanced wars and stuff like that. And so it was interesting, but I bounced off that one kind of quicker. Sure. Than yeah. What else did you love? Uh, I beat Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, congratulations! And it's like, yeah, and I I really love that game. I in a weird way, even though like it's you know showing up on a lot of top ten lists, it was on our top. Was in our top five, right? Wasn't it? I think it would have been six. I'm around there, yeah. But, like, 
it, I feel like that game's like weirdly underrated. I think mm-hmm. I think I hear way. what you're saying. Yeah, like I think people are just so critical of Star Wars that like they they kind of nitpick it apart. But it's like this is a really good third person action game. You yeah, know? and it's like we don't have to talk about it a ton because we did <clears> the spoiled on it. And that, like I think that's probably one of the reasons we didn't even talk about it a lot when we did our two. I don't think we talked about it at yeah, all. But like just a really great game. Good boss fights. Yeah. I I did like the ending. I don't I don't regret us not having it as one of our moments. But like the way that the mm-hmm. I think we said it's a cameo, right? Yeah, the way yeah. it's sort of presented to you and the way you sort of experience that moment it is very cool. Mm-hmm. Like it's very, it very cool. cool. Yeah, I yeah. went back and I watched yeah. just thirty minutes of the ending just to experience that and, and totally. They do yeah. a good job of presenting and that. And I did it sucked. I, it did get spoiled for me. Uh, Microsoft is running commercials that spoil it. And that's it. how it was spoiled. Oh, it, my God. It showed up uh, on, uh, like, in Twitter, and it was like, you know, it ha- the ad played on its own. Yeah. I thought it was a Battlefront 2 ad, and then it, it wasn't. <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on. Like, that yeah. sucks. Like, I, I don't know why sucks. I did that. And, yeah. and that, I, I especially like that because it does help. It walks that fine line in action game that action games don't always get where they were coming up with a satisfying conclusion to something like that where yeah, you, where you can't do really something well. totally yeah. crazy where you're actually saving the galaxy like every halo game has always been very disappointing for me where it's like okay it's time to save the universe and in order to do it you have to defeat these six kind of hard guys in this one room <laughs> and then press a button and that will save the galaxy yeah, you yeah, know yeah. whereas this was a it's like a personal conclusion to their yeah. goal, and yeah. like I, I, I do. That was something that I, my first thought, like watching the credits, was like that ended really well. Mm-hmm. You know, like open, open enough for what could be a, an, another part, but like a satisfying conclusion yeah. for sure. Logan Williamson, by the way, just to jump to a community question early. Yeah, says so Logan Williamson writes in and says, "Hey, can we talk about how annoying Zepho is to navigate in Fallen Order?" Here I am, living the min-max way, trying to better myself by finding all the secrets, but I keep getting <laughs> twisted back and confused by the overwhelmingly huge map on Zepho. Does Zepho suck that bad? Uh, Zepho. Which, Which one was Zepho? I think <laughs> that was the one. That was like the second or third area where I think it's like you're doing a, you're going through a lot of like Jedi villages? temples and stuff. No, I don't. I think that's like where you're underground mostly and moving the balls around. I it looks dark based on pictures on Google. Maybe I'm misremembering, but yeah, the uh, navigation can be troubling, for sure. They're right. It seems like yeah, and I I think there was one planet, and especially where it is very so huge that some of the paths are really drawn out, and it's like, oh my god, in order to get back here, I have to go to here and here and here and here, just to get to that place. Something people have been asking for online, which I I don't think would break the game in a radical way, because that's always the question. It's like, well, if they institute that, will that like just make it? way too easy is like making the meditation points fast just travel. fast travel and i mm. think that would be fine i don't think that would really break the game in any significant way maybe yeah, yeah who knows um on game makers notebook which has ted price from insomniac interviewing developers he recently interviewed stig oh great who's yeah. a director for that game um and it was nice it's like the most open i think i've heard stig talking about that and just about working with lucasfilm and I, I'm sure that was an incredibly frustrating process, and like the most he ever opened the curtain there was just talking about like how the team had to learn <laughs> to stop reacting to every piece of feedback from Lucasfilm with, "But why?" Oh, you know, sure, like, can you sure. imagine like, "Hey, we really want to include this," and Lucas is like, "No, we can't do that." And imagine how frustrating that is for the team. Mm-hmm. Like, just yeah. give us a reason why you maniacs. Like, oh no, we it's can't. Funny. One of the, we talked to them about that obviously during the cover trip, and I remember one of the things that Stig mentioned was just like at a certain point we're just like let. 
just at Disney, you guys can just name everything. Like name oh, all the sure. name all the weird equipment that we pick up. Whatever. If you I guess the we'll planet. go with Sear. I mean, yeah, like it's like because <laughs> yeah. that stuff ultimately kind of doesn't matter. And if it's right. like if they can just sort of handle that, and we don't have to go back and Get forth it. about what yeah. someone's name is, it's like yeah. it just makes the whole process easier. Also, know? it was confusing that interview. I knew that they started the team to work on some melee new IP. Yeah. And then they shifted because EA is like, oh, we can turn this into a Star Wars game. Because they pitched it to multiple developer or to pu- publishers, okay. EA and somebody else. And then when EA saw it, they're like, hey, if you go with us, we'll turn it into a Star Wars game. But the part that I didn't know that that interview revealed, maybe you knew this, Kyle, because you're yeah. in the loop. You visited that studio for that, is uh, that apparently the earliest version of this was a Star Wars game. Hmm. Like Stig was brought on to make a Star Wars game. Oh, they okay. started no. it pitched it to EA, EA said no. Then they said, okay, I guess we'll make it a new IP then. And then EA 180'd. Oh, okay. Probably they said no because they wanted to make it like a single-player story-based yeah, game, I'd maybe. imagine. And then maybe after they canceled Amy Hennig's game, then they're like, suddenly we want this now, so we'll take that back. Yeah, I was under the impression that uh, that whatever that sort of third-person action game was was just original IP that it they wa- had. It was, but... But you're saying it was Star Wars then original, then back to Star Wars? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that could totally be the case. I wasn't aware. Yeah. yeah. I assume it is. Stig said it. He said it Stig on the podcast. Said it. Stig said it. What else you guys got? Anything exciting? I was excited about it, uh, and I played the whole thing, and I beat it, and it was a it was a game that I hadn't really heard of. I had downloaded it probably... it. It didn't come out last year, so it was uh-huh. older than that. I downloaded it, and as I was going through my list, I was like, what is this even? I can't remember why Recore. I downloaded this. No. <laughs> it was a game called Moonlighter. Okay. Yeah. Moonlighter? Is that the one where you run a store? Moonlighter, yes. Yeah. And, and so basically it is, yeah. yeah, it's it's in the vein of Binding of Isaac, in the, but even- Like you know, Inferno? Inferno? Yes. <laughs> Check exactly. out the great Guardian this week. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but no, Jay you know, Binding of Isaac was inspired by Zelda dungeons, right? But making them procedural, which Kyle loves, of course. Love procedural. This was clearly, they had the same idea, but wanted to make it just straight up like Zelda. And so it is, you are going through Zelda-like dungeons that are procedurally generated each time you go in. But the stuff that you collect, you then take back to your store, which is kind of like a Stardew Valley type thing where Mm. you're running your own little shop in this village and you're selling all the items that you get. But it's very granular in that you go, you're like actually putting the stuff out on your different counters and stuff and then you're setting the prices and people come in and you kind of judge from their reactions if you're selling stuff for enough or if you're underselling them or whatever. You get to pick your own prices. Yeah, and then you, you kind of... There's a whole upgrade loop where you're upgrading your town and you're upgrading your shop. And then any items that you craft, you actually keep from run to run. So so mm-hmm. the progression isn't as bad as a normal roguelike where it's like, okay, I died. Now I have to start everything out because you also have this medallion that lets you leave whenever you want. And so it's kind of this push your luck element of, okay, I have a bunch of stuff. Do I keep on going or is it time to just get out before I die? And because you lose most of your stuff if you die. And so it, it scratched that itch of kind of harvest moon, even though you're not farming, but that, that kind of collection game resource collection and then crafting and kind of all that stuff. But then with actually fun combat, which in Stardew Valley, you could go into caves yeah. and kind of, but the combat was never interesting. This is very much you have different you have different weapons that have different abilities and kind of all of that. 
Link to the Past style dungeon delving really? stuff. It yes. sounds too it, good to be true. It looks good too. It's like the it, yeah, because like pixel art, you know, can be can be tough. But I think they really very much it. in yeah. that style of Link to the Past, but more fluid yeah. kind of. Huh. And so yeah, I played it a bit. It, it seemed interesting. I like the idea of, of managing the store. I thought was yeah, like a yeah. Really interesting and it, it is that. an underrated game. And I was I was trying to look up stuff, and it seems it was originally a Kickstarter game, and mm-hmm. it seems like there's some bad blood with Kickstarter people because every time I would look up a question, there were people. There'd be people complaining like, oh, yeah, they released this half finished and, you know, it's totally broken, all this stuff. But they've clearly patched a lot, too, because a lot of the complaints that they were that they were saying weren't in the game anymore. But then also I couldn't find updated information like the wikis haven't been updated enough and stuff. Mm. And so there's still some confusion in some elements, but also, you know. It's the type of game that you would ruin if you just went off of a pricing guide of what to use right. for all your different items and stuff. Gotcha. But sure, I was I was super impressed cool. by it and Moonlighter, and it's on Switch, so there we go. Yeah. And it's so also on it. Game Pass. It's another Game Pass okay. game. Yeah. Sweet, uh, I love it. Did you play any uh, tabletop games over the break, Jeff? I did. Uh, my well, we finally got to just one. Oh, uh, how'd that go? Yes. It, everyone liked it. it. Oh, good. It was a lot of fun. It's a crowd yes. pleaser. It is, yes. I, I played it uh, a lot with my family. I played it way too much over the break. It was constant. Um, but it was fun because we also tried playing with, like, my five- and three-year-old nephews. And so the solution was, like, okay, we'll just whisper the word to you, and then you draw mm, what the okay. word is. And it's, like, it still worked like that because you're still just drawing. But <laughs> at one point... The word was Mario. And I was trying to get my nephews to draw Mario, and they got like Mario pajamas that morning for Christmas. So I'm like, it's the character in your pajamas. <laughs> and both of them at the same time go, Romeo. It's like, what? <laughs> my sister's like, they call Mario Romeo. Romeo That's and so Luigi. Sad. That's so... Yeah, I was I was playing with my wife's uh family, and one of the words was ninja. And a lot of her sim- siblings, they like they watch, you know, anime and stuff. And so the first thing that came to my mind was Naruto. But I yeah, was yeah, convinced yeah. that her younger brother, who's like 13, was going to put in Naruto. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll put Shinobi instead. Oh, boy. And mm. then we turned over our things, and he put Shinobi, too. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> and no one put Naruto. And I was like, oh, oh come on. Uh, you should just, just put streamer. And, and that's, you know, that's like the beauty of the game, is that you skip the most obvious thing, yeah. and you pick something that's a little more obscure, but the people that you're playing with pick that, too. And right, right. And then you all laugh. Laugh yeah. about it. Yeah, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, tabletop games is Betrayal, uh, and I somehow missed this, but they have a version, like the only licensed version of Betrayal, and it's called Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. So it's like in the D and D universe. Have you played that one? No. Okay, but it was just very fun, like loving Betrayal, and then also playing and getting a little bit into D and uh, last year, like playing something where it's like, oh, okay, here's like my. I want to call it power pole. I'm going to completely blow it. The 10-foot pole. You know, just like having like these staples of like, oh, I remember this from our little campaign. And now it's suddenly in a game of betrayal, which I also love. So it's very fun. And like instead of having the basement and the main floor and the attic that you're exploring before one person turns on the other person, um, it's like you can go outside, which is cool, and like walk around the town and stuff. So it's very cool. 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 Uh, Other games we should not miss? Uh, Did you play Watam at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I started it. This is from the creator of... Katamari. Mm-hmm. Kaita uh, Takahashi. That's right. Uh, yeah. It's been in development for five years from Phenomena. Mm. Um, uh, started it, uh, did not get that far. Maybe 30 minutes or so. He's yeah. like walking around a platform and, and it's farting and having your hat explode. It is like it's very Teletubbies cute. from hell. It's very cute. It's very silly. It's very yeah. strange. 
I definitely, I would definitely put it above Nobi Nobi Boy because there is actual <laughs> right. stuff to do and there's like there it's a, basically a puzzle game ultimately. Yeah, but it kind of. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost like, it was almost like too weird or something. I was like, I don't know if I like because it's all it's, it's borderline random. You know what I mean of like how you're solving things and yeah. like characters just show up. Like I took a screenshot of just a big toilet shows up to your map and it just mm-hmm. in big bold fonts is like welcome toilet and then you have to like make poops to let go in the toilet. It's very strange and it like real it, mature. Yeah, of. it made me it made me kind of think. It's like you know. I like this. I, I'm having a decent time that it. it's so weird and fun and like the music's so great. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, I think maybe I'm just like more of a Katamari fan than I am a Takahashi fan because like this. <laughs> and that's I think, okay. And that's okay. Yeah. But I think I'm gonna keep going with it. I, but it's it's weird. It's a weird one for I, sure. I'm fascinated by Phenomena as a studio. Like, how are yeah. they still? rolling we're all rooting for him but like the fact that Watan took forever to come out they had like a little vr game that seemed like didn't make much of a splash yeah i wasn't even aware of it yeah yeah or they ported a game to vr i forget but like robin honecky we interviewed her on the game informer show like she's the light she's a hoot she's a really important person in the industry yeah yeah but then i just feel like what is their hit like how is this still running and takahashi is such a strange designer like he was not interested in making games and somehow fell into it and like made Katamari and then I remember I loved Katamari so much I was like looking for interviews with him at the time when like we love Katamari came out and he was kind of like it's like eh, I don't know if this is really for me I think I want to go make playground equipment I'm like <laughs> what by that weird... I mean a toilet I guess yeah it's, a, it's just such a strange fascinating I mean I kind of it's it's cool to see people like Obviously, you need, like, to come up with something like Katamari and execute it. Like, you need to be someone who, like, doesn't, like, adore video games and, like, studies them. Right. Like, it's, it, which is, like, I know Nintendo even tries to hire people like that. It's, like, let's bring in people with new ideas who aren't obsessed with the history of this medium yeah. and can do something new. And he's definitely that kind of designer. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, why are you making video games? <laughs> like, right. do you like this? I don't know. Right. It's a weird thing. Weird thing. What Tom? That's that's basically the best way to describe that game. It's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I finished After Party. Oh God, that's one I've been meaning to go back to. Yeah, it's okay. It's um, it's funny. It's a little self serious and like it's a, like it almost feels preachy at times about its what its ideas and stuff. Like, this sounds great. Yeah, no, I don't, <laughs> like I, I, I still recommend it because yeah. the writing is good and funny, mm-hmm. but at the end, it, like there's a lot of time of just like Satan monologuing about like what humanity is and stuff. And then it's like mm-hmm. without any jokes. And I, I, I didn't love it, but in that vein, uh, again, that I went back to and was really blown away by it. I'm upset that it didn't get talked about more is nights and bikes. Did yeah, you I didn't play no, that? I, I want to. Okay, it's from the creative director. He was at Media Molecule for a long time. He's a creative director for Tearaway. Like, it just has style up the A. Uh, but it's great and is a game that I was really into out of the gate and then realized, like, it needs to be a co-op game. Like, I think it's, oh, sure. it's designed yeah. to be a co-op game. Because if you, you can play, play with switch between the two girls, You right? can, yeah. yeah but okay. it seems like so much fun of the interactions and stuff is like having a buddy there yeah and especially like a co-op story based game i think you would really love it kyle yeah i should play with my kid you should 100 percent play yeah. with your kid it seems tailor-made for that for sure yeah knights and bikes was that one i had two more quick ones let's go you, do you have Let's any go. more jeff nope no nope. okay i started axiom verge which is oh, okay this is the third time i've bought it now <laughs> Congratulations. Started on ps3 didn't get very far bought it on vita but the vita forced you to use the touchpad as buttons yeah, so yeah. that was out the window uh, i was on sale on switch i like it so far it's a metroid game it's one of those that like i've been meaning to get around to forever yeah because the sequel's coming out so yeah <laughs> right and then finally <laughs> i uh jumped back in pretty hard on my uh master mode playthrough of breath of the wild oh wow I, I think i'm far enough away from that game now where i 
don't remember a ton of it. Perfect. Yeah. So it's like going into the sort of uh, the the dungeons. I, it's been so long now I don't even remember what they're called. But like the camel, the, yeah, the camel, not the not the big dungeons, but the smaller ones. Right. Like the I, shrines. The shrines. shrines. Like it's not. I get about forty percent through them before I'm like, okay, I think I kind of vaguely remember this, which is like fun. It's a and, it, and I'm playing it on the hardest difficulty. Does that up the puzzle difficulty? No, it doesn't. It doesn't touch the puzzles at all. It makes the enemy uh, sort of encounters damn near impossible. Like yeah. even just the smallest group of moblins will kick your ass, and um, which is. It's kind of interesting. I, I think it'll like level out as I get more hearts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But right now, the the way I'm kind of playing it, which is like interesting because it's not how I played originally, is I'm being super cautious and avoiding enemies, which is like just it, it, it's just an interesting new way to approach it, where I'm like sort of weaving around camps and trying not to engage if I can help it and stuff like that. So, yeah. but I think I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm probably gonna get back into it in a big way until maybe Kakarot comes out. You know, like yeah, that's yeah. probably the first big game I'm looking forward to in 2020. So. Hey. Yeah. Perfect transition to 2020 here, Kyle. There we go. Let's get to some big predictions from 2020. Now, here's a couple qualifiers. This can be tricky. Obviously, not being a game form anymore, I feel a little out of the loop uh, as mm-hmm. far as inside scoop. Yeah. Like, I know of two games that haven't been announced yet. You know, is roughly where my mind's what at. Are they? So, okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, so, not leaning into that. I don't want to do any of that. Like, I think this is going to happen. Wink, wink, because I know it's going to sure. happen. Right. No, so, I'm trying to dodge that. Not. When I'm not dodging that, I will let you know and stuff. Um, but I figure it'd be fun to start with the most obvious. I got a big cup of Joe there. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, start with the most obvious. Yeah. And then get to the more specific that we still think, like, there's a chance. There's a chance this will happen in 2020. Oh, there's supposed to be a chance? Well, maybe on, not. On these? Hey, you'll yeah. come across as a genius once people make the clip and send it to you at the end of the year. That's right, because we're all going to be very adamant that these things are happening. <clears throat> That's yeah. right. So my number one. Okay, so not necessarily numbered. Th- okay, yeah, but this is unlikely? or li- We're starting with Most likely. likely. Most likely. Most likely. Here's a okay. good, safe prediction for 2020. Uh, let's see. <laughs> the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Will cause outrage. Oh, uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> Something with the way that game is delivered, and sure. I know there are like leaks out there based on the demo. I have not looked into that. I don't know what it is. Yeah, they. I looked into it. They, I, no, I, I want to know the thing. It changes. Know, it changes some story. I, I don't want it. I didn't even want to know that, Kyle. Oh, I'm sorry. Spoiler. So there will be an outrage of some sort. Yeah. Good old fashioned internet uh, bonfire. What, what do you? What would be your guess of? What kind of thing would cause outrage? I think mm, pre-order bonuses. I guess that no, that ought to be. Out I think there, it's right? going to be just changes. People are not going to be unhappy it, it, with the, the story. Thing things. is going to be changes, yeah. but then I could even see them having some DLC that's going to cost a lot. That people are going to be like, "That's BS. Why was that in the game?" Mm. Something like that. They'll do DLC yeah. that changes the story back to what it originally was, <laughs> whatever dumb changes they make. Right, right. Yeah. Or like Jesse is too flirty, like even in the demo, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be characterization because yeah. like you could fill so much of that in yourself mm-hmm. when you're playing the PlayStation mm-hmm. version that now right. they have to be sort of more straightforward about it, you know? Right. And like that's going to upset people, I think, you know? Red 13 is just a 45 year old guy now. Finally. They're just constantly farting. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my butt! Uh, my butt straight fire. Do you think that game will meet or exceed sales expectations? Exceed. Well, I, I don't think, know. I don't I know what they are. I think it'll exceed. I think it'll be a gangbuster this year yes. for sure. I think it's gonna be huge. I mean, I guess that's the yeah, well, safest, well, dumbest I prediction. Think, well, I think my prediction. The reason I asked that that was something that I actually was thinking about, but ended up not writing down on my list was yeah. like Final Fantasy VII will exceed expectations because I think it will be big, and I. But I think. 
I, I think it's I think it'll be bigger than Square even estimates. I don't know what the estimation is. I mean, yeah, that's fair. They've got to be putting a lot yeah, of pressure on that. That's yeah. Square. weren't They were the ones who thought that Rise of the Tomb Raider was, or one of the Tomb Raiders was going to yeah. sell like a bajillion the copies. First and they were like, this is the best selling game we've ever had in this series. And they were like, oh no. I think the it low will, expectations. They'll get some kind of, we'll get, there'll be a press release announcing some sort of record that Final Fantasy VII has set. Fastest yes. sales of any Final Fantasy game or For something sure. like that. Yeah. Which. Which you're right, like it's kind of an ambiguous prediction because it's like, well, what does that mean? Was that what they expected? Yeah. Fair, yeah. Uh, I have Serials as well. His yeah. safest prediction is Breath of the Wild 2 is out this year. I had that on my list. I, Do you really think? I think my no the, way way. That, the way that I wrote it down is sooner than expected, which means maybe Same. like no, power, maybe like October-ish. <laughs> like no. late October, early November. Okay. There's no way, though. Think about how intense that game is versus... Look, I'm very confident. Sergal and I are 100%. This yeah. Breath of the Wild 2, we'll, we'll, we will be playing it this year. I think it's going to be spring 2021. Yeah. They're going to release it in, what, March again. I think yeah, they'll that, pro- yeah, probably yeah, okay. try to mirror that. I think it's going to be Super Mario Odyssey 2 this fall. That, I think, is absolutely bonkers. Why? Because the only Mario game that got a sequel was Galaxy. Correct. So you think there's going to be an Odyssey 2? No, the next <laughs> Why is that so outrageous? Because yeah, totally. there has only been one instance of that happening. There's There was, like, never... I mean, I guess you could say the NES games and stuff, yeah. but, like, ever since they've been doing 3D Mario, there's no Mario 64 2. There's no Mario Sunshine Well, it's still Sunshine even, like, 2. 3D Land to 3D World. Like, they want to reuse the engine, reuse some of the style. I think they... I think, that, like, especially I think, the structure of Odyssey is tailor-made, I think I feel they like. save Mario... I think Mario waits around for some sort of game-changing idea. I don't think we're going to see. I don't think. I don't think. Not only will we not see Odyssey two this year, I don't think we're going to see an Odyssey two. Period. I think the next Mario will have a different title and be something significant. You're a real, real piece of work here, Hillier. I don't. Okay. What about this? What about this? It blows my mind that you're so confident about this. There's no precedent except for Galaxy. I think Nintendo's going to want to swing big to try and compete with the next gen releases this fall, and they're going to go with their heavy hitter. And I think the one and the team that's been in the wait for long enough, and that they, it's conceivable to release in time. But is, isn't Breath of the Wild 2 is there like announced heavy hitter? Yeah, but I think that's hitter. going to be so big. I know it's still like reworking the map and stuff like that. I just feel like that's more of a development. It's going to be huge for sure than a Super Mario Odyssey 2. Ah oh, man, no, I don't know. Okay, I what disagree. about this? What about this? I mean, I'm, we're going to all look like idiots, or one of us will look. I won't. <laughs> What about this? Can't wait to get this clip back to me when they announce Odyssey 2. What about this for Nintendo's bazooka? Because we all agree we, they need that sweet Nintendo bazooka in sure. the fall. Mario Kart 9. That would, yeah. That actually, I'm I'm way more on board with that than okay. Odyssey 2, for it's sure. Been, it'll be six years. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. Because 2014 was Mario Kart 8. Well, they got it. They keep adding VR and Labo compatibility. Good. That stuff takes a lot of time. Great. Uh, Mario it. Kart 9, I think, is much more likely than an Odyssey 2. Great. Sure. So, okay. I'm a genius. Great. Uh, Jeff, what do you got for prediction? Uh, oh, hey. This one happening for sure. <laughs> I, th- I think this is the safest bet. Yeah. Uh, dreams will come to PC. Love oh, it. that's a good one. Right? Yeah. yeah. They, they, have, they have kind of danced around it. Yeah. Even as early as our cover stories, they were having a hard time answering that question. It was a lot of, oh, it's on PS4 right now. It was uh-huh. like literally how they were answering that. Yeah. So, yeah, and it I, seems like a safe bet. I think with Microsoft obviously caring less about PC exclusive, mm-hmm. you know, like not keeping console exclusivity versus PC, which I mean, I guess it's all Windows, so yeah. they don't care as much. But there and I saw a quote from um Sean Layden, I think. Yeah. 
saying that they that that was something that they would have to consider going forward right. not not being as precious with exclusivities and i think he specifically called out pc as an optional well also with mlb i mean that's a big example yeah. of that oh, uh, that's cross platform now and stuff so definitely sony's opening those floodgates a little bit and like death stranding the fact that that's coming to mm-hmm. pc in 2020 yeah. i think and, that's a pretty safe bet yeah and it seems like of all the games that would benefit from it, not oh you know, not God. just in terms of sales, but this is a game that needs a good community oh. that wants to build games. Do you think they would silo those creations? No. Okay. I, so, I would wait. think I would think that would go against what Media Molecule wants to do with it yeah. enough, and I think it's powerful enough. You know, just to clarify, you're saying the pe- stuff made on PC will be playable on PS4 and vice versa. Yeah. Do you think? That, okay. But do you think with the fidelity of a mouse. Do you think there's going to be situations where you're going through games and it's like, okay, this one was probably made on PC. This one was probably made with the PS4. This one was made with the Move controller. I wonder if you'd be able to like. Well, I mean, they have mouse support already for PS4, right? I think they patched that in. Did they patch that in? Maybe not. Maybe I'm talking out of my butt. I thought that was. I think that's one of the things that's on the list of (laughs) stuff that they want. Prediction: Dreams will get patched to include mouse support. Yes, it's coming to PC, but you can't use a mouse on PC. Only on (laughs) PS4. Right. Right. That makes sense. Uh, let's see. Other safe prediction: Marvel's Avengers will be a mess. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just pessimism over that game overall, but it just seems like it's going to be a weird late release for this generation. That's just going to be like, a, yeah, well, you tried to do a Destiny type thing. Okay, moving on. But it won't. It w- it it will not have the Ultimate Alliance defenders though, which is like a weird thing. You know maybe, what I mean? Yeah. Like where it's like Ultimate Alliance was kind of underwhelming, but everyone was like, "Hey, I just wanted to press buttons and see Captain America do stuff." Where and this will come out and they'll be like, "You know what? I'm pressing buttons and Captain America's doing stuff, but it's not as good." I don't know. I think that I think that Defense Force will come out again. Yeah, you think so? I don't know. So. I I think this one's going to get super crapped on. If I think it's going to be like the same thing with Star Wars, you know, whereas the Star Wars uh, Fallen Jedi came out and it was a good game, but people were still uncharacteristically down on it. Yeah. I think if this one comes out and it's wonky and people don't really like the character depictions compared to what they have in their heads from all the movies over these yeah. years, I think they're going to really hate it. Yeah. They're going to savage it. Absolutely. <laughs> They'll move from Final Fantasy VII over to Avengers. Another to simple, complain. broad uh, prediction here. I think Dying Light 2 will be a bigger deal than we think, sales-wise oh, and sure. reception. I think that's going to be a real yeah. contender for... That's one that I, I always assume has already come out in a right. weird way, but it's just because I'm not like following it super closely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been they've shown so much of it over these many years. Yeah. A uh, pretty safe one that's been talked about a ton is a new Switch model this year, uh, which a lot of people are saying 4K. I, well, I, I don't, don't think it would be 4K. I think that's nuts. Yeah. I think it'll have a better screen, mm-hmm. but I don't think it'll be 4K. I think no. it'll have a bigger hard drive probably, and the, and the hardware will be more solid. I think basically you know? it'll be the equivalent of the PS4 Pro. I think it's just yes. going to be a, I think so. Because, I mean, that's been rumored for so long. I think it was Wall Street it gets Journal that was talking about. Mm-hmm. And, then, and like originally yeah. it's like, oh, they're making a light and a Pro. And it's like, oh, wait, and I guess they're just releasing the light. And so... Those pro rumors were still back there, so I think they're yeah. just saving it for this year. I totally think they're going to yeah, do that. They'll, so there'll be like three versions. There'll be like the light, which is like the well, – I do like the light a lot, but like the yeah. you know, light will be the lower, and then the current model will be the middle, and then there'll be a higher tier. Right, version. and they need the higher yeah. tier to run those new worlds from Super Mario Odyssey 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, then yeah. the question will be, will there be a handful of like exclusive Switch Pro games like Xenoblade Chronicles or Minecraft on 3DS, new 3DS? Oh, God, I hope not. Probably not. I don't hope know. not. Okay, what about this for uh, – in the safe category. Did Serial have more? Yeah, we'll get to okay. him. Okay. One of his was actually Switch Pro. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn 2 at the launch of the PlayStation 5. Launch title. 
it'll be the closest game we've seen yet to aping Breath of the Wild mechanics. Uh, well, what about the Ubisoft game? Gods and Monsters? Yeah. I bet Never coming Horizon Zero Dawn 2 <laughs> structurally will be closer yeah. to Breath of the Wild than Gods and Monsters. Will Aloy have a, a paraglider? Yes, she will. I, I hope she does. I, I bet want she does. Have one. I bet she does. But I bet just like that completely open-ended thing, you choose yeah. your own adventure through. Because think about it. Like, they were literally shipped at the same time. So all of the Horizon Zero Dawn developers shipped the game and said, finally, we can relax, took a little vacay, and they yeah. all went and played Breath of the Wild <laughs> as they're coming yeah. up with ideas for Breath of the Wild 2. It makes, or so for Horizon yes, Zero yes, Dawn yes, 2, yes, yes. it's exactly the roadmap, right? Yeah. Well, I, what? I think so, yeah. How do you think it's going to be different from the first Horizon Zero Dawn? Do you th- uh, it won't be linear in the story. Yeah, like you'll have like a handful of stories that you can just go sort of uh, chase on your Do own, anyway. out right. of order. You know, mm. and a and a paraglider, which is like every open world game needs that. Correct. Absolutely. I haven't um I haven't played Frozen Wilds, and so I don't know where that story's left off and stuff. Mm. Oh, sure. uh, I think it's just you can tackle it anywhere. I think it comes before the end of the game. Oh, really? Oh, okay. yes. oh interesting. Right. Yeah, that, yeah, is that a game that when you beat it, it it kicks you right back before the final? I, I think remember. I want to say so. Okay. God, yeah. I need to go back and look at the ending of that game. I remember like the lore and stuff and the Zero Dawn stuff, but I forget exactly where it yeah. ends. Yeah, I remember the big beats of like, which was right. cool. Like, I, I yeah. like how that story. Well, yeah. Included. What was what was weird was that they wrapped up pretty much everything with her backstory right, and stuff. And right. there, there weren't a lot of questions. They they did they do have a tea like a post credit tease with mm. one character that was very oh, ridiculous. Oh that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they'll just dive more into his story then? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. yeah, I think we're most people are on the same page where it's like looking in the in the distant past in that game was really interesting, but the current sort of political yeah. climate was like less interesting. And that's kinda hopefully right. they can keep looking further back in the past. Do you, you know? think they're keeping the Zero Dawn style structure for the naming? Are you going to confuse One things Dawn? kind of like in a shadow of Mordor kind of way? I bet they're just going to call it Horizon New World or something yeah. like that, right? Keep Horizon, change the... Yeah. It's Absolutely not a Horizon New World. You heard it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Serial says Xbox is out in October, PlayStation 5 in November. Man, we are on the same page. I wrote that down. Xbox gets out the gate first. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they... Do you think they know right now when the other system's launching or when they're launching? Uh, yes. Okay. I think so. I, maybe not. Microsoft might not know when Sony is, but I think they certainly have a date that they're trying to hit. Sure. Who do you think is ahead right now in terms of console development? In like, what sense? like, de- Like developing the new console. Like, It's tough not like, to say Microsoft because we've seen it, but you never know. Yeah. I mean, I guess my impression is that Sony has been talking about it longer. And it seems like it's. I feel like I know more about PlayStation Five than yeah. I do Xbox. Yeah, and I feel like I guess X. I guess my uh. impression has been that it's been in more developer hands. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know about the hard drive of the the PlayStation Five. I don't know what the hard drive looks like on the Series X. I have my assumptions. There's the HDMI in and out for you. Yeah, which for, even even for that convenience. even that has kind of been like dismissed, right, as maybe not being accurate. Oh, really? Yeah, it I was in like a 3D that. model that was spinning around yeah. and stuff. Huh. Which, by the way, that was weird to me. Like I, that's like, I, and I and I I tweeted that I was like, I does anyone use that? Yeah. Like I, all that does to the all, HDMI in. It just is like a confusing port when I'm yeah. like moving my system uh-huh. around. It's like, oh, my system's not working. Oh, I must have it in the wrong port. But yeah, like yeah. a lot of people re- replied to me and they're like, yeah, yeah, I have my Directv going in there. 
They're going yeah, in through the but, outdoor. But, which which <laughs> yeah. seemed to be like the whole that was whole, that was the, the whole point. part of yeah. the like oh you can run your TV through. That's it. why and it's called Xbox One because it's the one input. Yes. Yeah. It, but it, no, seriously, that's, yeah, that was the yeah. pitch. Yeah. It, I thought it was, it was all, like the entertainment, your one entertainment your, yeah. thing. Yeah. But I because I mean but I don't think they, any of us. They jettisoned all that well, and pivoted they, away from it so they much. They got that, rid of Snap, uh, where you could have like another thing running mm-hmm. along the screen, which was weird. But like I, because none and of connect. us do. Any of us have cable television? I don't think any of us do. What is right? that? Like exactly. Yeah. I mean, but I think of people who still have like Direct TV or still watch cable television. Yeah. It is a. It's a. It's it works and it's interesting like sure. you can, to run it all through your Xbox. So right. I guess there's enough people taking <clears throat> advantage of it and it's inexpensive enough to incorporate that they'll continue doing it. But then again, maybe that was not a real picture. <laughs> so could be. Uh, let's see another one that this is one notch up from the safe territory. Are we all in the same? Yeah, we're marching ahead together here yeah, into the dicier territory. I'll go over and see if I have any um, okay safe super safe bets. Oh, here's do you want a, a, a safe one maybe? Yeah, please. Um. We won't get a Pokemon Sword and Shield follow-up this year. There won't be, like, Super Sword, Super Shield. They're just going to skip that entirely? I think so. I was looking at the timeline recently, and it was, like, three games, skip a year, three games, skip a year, four games this time. So I think it's time for them to skip a year. And then I bet the one after that, I bet it's Let's Go Silver and Gold. Yeah, probably. Something like Oh, well, they, yeah. I mean, there's, it's funny that they're, like, cycling back around now, because mm-hmm. now they've remade Red and Green twice, mm-hmm. and now they'll... Remake gold and silver again. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be this year. I think it'll okay. be next year. Love it. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 revealed at E3. Uh, what do you like? Gameplay, uh, pre-rendered cutscene. Mm, I think, Go I think bold. it's going to be cinematic trailer. Mm-hmm. What is this? What is this? And at the end, Final Fantasy. Whoosh, it won't 16. really look like Final Fantasy until that end. I think That'd that's cool. right. I think that's exactly it. And yeah. again, it's okay. one of those where I don't know that that's happening. But when I was at Square Enix a while ago for the Final Fantasy 15 cover story trip, I saw some stuff that is not out there yet. So like, yeah. I mean, every developer has a ton that they're working on. So who knows? But like, I think this might be that. The fact that they decided not to keep moving forward with Final Fantasy 15 DLC is also right. a hint of like, well, right. maybe it's time to move on. And the confusion about Luminous Studios, how that was a separate thing, then roping it in to yeah. develop a game. I think it's going to be Final Fantasy 16 that they're all helping out with there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Dice your territory. Here's one. The Harry Potter game will be revealed for next gen. Okay. The one that was leaked. That Avalanche is developing from Disney Infinity fame. Mm. Uh, that looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Based Remember that weird little... leak where it's like from Focus testing at a mall? I know, yeah, right. So that's got to be next gen, right? Like getting out of the gate with a huge Harry Potter RPG, that's going to be yeah. amazing. Yeah. People are going to talk about sales bonanzas. I mean, I'm talking like Wizards Unite level cash. <laughs> mm. uh, on the, along those same lines, uh, maybe this one's too vague, but uh, the Rocksteady game, whatever it is, is going to be like a next gen exclusive. It's not going to be a cross- Gen. Okay, that's, that's boring. How about this? I'll yeah. do you one better, Kyle. All right, do it. No Rocksteady. it up. No Rocksteady this year. Ever. We, we're done with Rocksteady games. <laughs> they, we kick them to the curb. No, Another we, tweet. Who's the uh, director over there? Sefton Hill. Another Sefton Hill tweet promising no new details. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I think that, especially with Warner Brothers Montreal teasing uh, their game, yeah, which seems like Court of, of Owls, Owls, right? Probably, and yeah. that's probably going to be this year, this generation. I think that I would, would be cross-gen, probably, right? Oh, that could be. That yeah. could be. But I think with that, I don't think they're also going to want to start promoting Rocksteady's game. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. If it's in the superhero genre, which it seems like it probably is, probably not Batman, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
I think I think Rocksteady is going to be quiet for another year, which will seem insane. That's my yeah. That's my medium level oh, prediction. That's, good. that's okay. a good medium level. Thank you. Uh, Serial has for medium level. We'll have some more un- uh, unionized game developers this year, but they'll be smaller studios. Okay. Yeah, I hope so. That's some smart stuff. Yeah. Uh, I like it. <clears throat> not bad. I'm hopeful for it. Jeffem, you got a medium? Kyle? Uh, whatever. No, we've skipped you a bunch because we're rude. Oh, okay. Well, rude guys. Um, <laughs> I guess this is, well, this is maybe a little more outlandish than a medium. But <laughs> Halo Infinite will have some kind of battle royale. Now, remember, 343 has said the only BR we care about is a battle rifle. Yeah, so the mode will be called Battle Royale. Halo Infinite will have a Battle Royale. (laughs) You heard it here. It's happening. Uh, Okay. I mean, there kind of was one in five, right? Like, it was like 30 or 40. Warzone thing? Yeah. I mean, Mm, in the sense of like... That's more like a a Battlefield kind of thing. There's no Royale with that. I like it. I personally want to play a Halo Battle Royale. I know that... A lot of the internet's probably like, no, effing way. And the we fact hate that three, fun. But the fact that 343, right when like PUBG took off, 343 went out of their way to make that announcement of like, you'll never see a battle royale from Halo. I feel like I was the only one that was like, yeah. oh. But how many years ago was that? There's a couple. Uh, I mean, when PUBG, yeah, sure. Okay. 2017. When, when PUBG does it, they say they don't care. When right. Fortnite does it, maybe they're going to care. <laughs> Do you think there's any fusion? How long can you deny? How long can you yeah. just ignore like the biggest trend in first person? Well, is, it, is it winding well, down? Multiplayer shooters. Or is it still? Is I don't it still know. Pretty I heard Forza has one, so <laughs> it's got. Yeah, the uh, Eliminator I, is mm-hmm. taken off. But I do think like it is interesting to think that no first parties have really gotten into the battle royale game. I think maybe they see oh, the stats. Duty. No first party developers. Oh, oh right, right, right. Yeah. right? It's like the closest yeah. we've got is. Nintendo, what, publishing Tetris 99? <laughs> is that probably the closest? But it's <laughs> maybe, wild to me. Yeah. It's like maybe they're saving it for next gen if they're going to take a stab at all for what that could be. Well, and, but also how many first-person multiplayer series do we even have left anymore other than Halo? From first-party? Oh. First-party, I mean, yeah. Oh, I mean, not many that are running. Yeah, like... Yeah. Sony kind of got out of that. Yeah. I mean, Killzone. Maybe, maybe they're gonna drop Horizon and go back to Killzone. No. Well, they had a separate studio, including the director oh, really? from Shadowfall. Okay, and okay. he was working, but then they closed that branch. Uh, so they probably needed all hands on deck for yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn. I too. mean, Killzone's like, it's done. Right? But I it would mean, make sense if you just want to have some first-person shooter yeah. in a Sony IP. It yeah. seems like that'd be a it good exists. bet, right? Yeah. yeah, it's flexible enough. All right, well, Battle Royale, Halo Infinite. Okay. I like That's it. why it's infinite, because there's not even going to be a player count. They're just going to keep streaming <laughs> yeah. people in. Uh-huh. What do you Forever. guys think about the overall reception to Halo Infinite? What will be the takeaway? People seem weirdly excited about it. Like I they feel like do they're... so they do so far, but that that very much feels like oh we show you this tiny trailer and we call it infinite and your imagination's going to run away with it. Yeah, hundred percent. It's not even like the trailer. I I I, I think I was, I was listening to like IGN's Game Scoop wow. recently, um, and they were and they I think it was uh, Tina Amini. I think mm-hmm. it was. she was like, yeah, I think it's going to be like a return to form for Halo. And I was just kind of surprised by that take because I was like, I haven't really seen anything that's mm-hmm. like made me think that this is going to be like. The next coming it was of on Halo. a Halo. What else do you want? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I don't know. 
I've heard that uh, outside of you know that of listening to IGN's podcast that people okay. are like, uh, there's something about it not being numbered and there being so long since five. I think people are just optimistic about. It, I'm you know? so much more excited about it than I ever was about Halo Four or Five. Which yeah, where does weird. that come from? Like I think I really I don't like, even think it's wrong. I, I think just, that like, reveal trailer was awesome. I think like the weird focus on not the recent one with the character, but the one that was just showing. I, honestly, I will also defend that one. Like I know yeah. people didn't like it, but like I thought like some of the writing fine. in there was, was yeah. solid, right? Not, but, like the, the weird thing is like I don't think anyone's wrong about it. It's just like it's surprising to me that the hype is building or it's like yeah. I don't know another or halo. Like you know? the general consensus that this is we're going back to the I way that maybe that's what that people yeah. think it used to be. Maybe. <laughs> it used to be. I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean I I, I, mean, I would love for like a really fun new Halo. I didn't even finish five. Like I know, just that's telling, insane. you know. But. I think no matter what, we're getting a fun new Halo game sure. when Halo One comes to PC, hopefully in a couple months. I am so excited about that. Yeah. I really am. I you love play that it on game your so Xbox much. right now. Eh. <laughs> I right. want it on Steam. <laughs> Okay. Why? Have, like, What's the difference? Uh, the Xbox is in the studio downstairs, and it's cold down here. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I've. I shouldn't make fun of you for that. The way I like avoid my playing my PC. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't have a good reason to not. I just don't like sitting at a desk. Is what it comes down to. Yeah. But uh, uh, like the Halo Infinite thing, obviously people were making a big deal out of the fact that Tim Longo, who was the creative director for Five, also goes back to like Tomb Raider and stuff with the reboots, um, and he also does a Dev Game Club, which is a fun podcast. Um, but the fact that he left just a couple months ago, it's a weird time for a creative director to leave a project. And I think they had some messaging out there like, oh, everything's fine. Don't look over here. It's still on track. You know, but it is. We still hate battle royales for some reason. I don't know how you spin it. Like, no matter what, that's not a great sign mm-hmm. for the project, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. unle- unless it's some personal thing with him. I guess you never really know. But that it has me a little bit worried. Combined with the fact that they've also they brought on, I might have talked about it before, but they brought on like Aaron Lindy who was the lead writer for Battleborn. He was at Bungie and then just like... Very funny guy. Yeah, he is a funny guy. And like halfway through last year, he also joined as like senior narrative director for Halo Infinite, where it's like, it's a weird time to have like those shuffling huge positions. Yeah. <laughs> and there were like rumors that they're going to be a weird split where that it'll launch like single player only or multiplayer only, something like that. Hmm. So maybe if it is in a bit of a crisis, they could do that or launch one on last gen compared to next gen so there's a lot that of wiggle room strange. for halo infinite and what it could finally look like but yeah i i'm excited i don't know i'm why. too i and i also i also kind of got that same nebulous impression of like well this is going to be different I, maybe that's just it it's it's mm. going to be different from the last two games which i was kind of okay. not super interested in the, yeah. fact, so, the fact that it's not called halo 6 yeah i think yeah helps it mm-hmm. you know uh here's one at uh, E3 this year, Hello Games, Sean Murray gets on stage, announces a new procedural game for next gen. Mm. Uh, uh, maybe not exclusive, but going to be like partnered again. I could see him going either way with Microsoft or Sony. So Probably Sony game. again. A new game. So not the weird camping Not game. Last Campfire, the other Hello Games. I uh. think they've been secretly working on a new game. And this yeah. is partly, it's not a very informed take, but like at GDC talking to Sean Murray... He was very familiar at that point with like next gen machines. Like he wasn't telling me anything about it, but like yeah. I was trying to ask him about next gen, and he's like, "Well, I know a lot of stuff, so it's tough for me to say." And it's like, I'm sure leading developers are in the loop, but like that was pretty early. That was March last year, so yeah. that makes me think that first parties supporting him in some way. And they also launched because I was looking up Hello Game stuff too while I was coming up with predictions, and they launched their Hello Labs initiative kind yeah. of thing, where it was specifically looking for 
projects to fund that focus on procedural generation and like mm -hmm. kind of the development of yeah, that technology the and stuff. Procedurally yes. generated Joe Danger. Yes. Right. Serial I think loses my <laughs> right. I think it's going to be more of an RPG focus. And it's going to be okay. a procedural generation of Man. like one planet. That's going to be my prediction. The one like pushback, I, I just like for me at least is like they have they have that other game that you know is probably smaller in scale, obviously. And that's also like two other developers that came on and they're just kind of like, okay, now you're a Hello so Games. There's like a small thing. team within Hello Games. Working yes, on. but then the other thing is like, there's it seems like they're still like all in on No Man's Sky. Like it seems like that whole team is just still fully focused on that. Like I don't. The know The team who, has grown quite a bit. Yeah, okay. with, there's an interview on Game Informer. If you want to check it out, uh, where it was a lot of talking to. Sean Murray about exactly these things, but I mean, Sean Murray's working on other things at this point. Yeah. He was talking about, not too long ago, but like, oh, we're, we're starting up the new thing and we're trying to rope the team for No Man's Sky now to join this new thing. But okay. you think about when they, when they announced No Man's Sky, it was like a team of like negative three people or whatever the hell. So <laughs> like, I think, I think with that tech, they just hit a button, right? Yeah. It's just a, a, some, something related to like a phone number or something. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're kind of in the medium bet. We're in dangerous zone. territory. Uh, Metroid Prime Trilogy Switch still not out <laughs> by the end of the year. By the end of the year, I think that's such a bold move. I man. think it'll be closer to Prime. I think it'll be like six months ahead of Prime Four. Okay, we'll just save it for the hype. Why I think not? So. You're yeah, right. I mean, you're right. I feel like that's like a medium guess. Okay. What about this one? Uh, Jason Schrader, remember him? Schroeder, Coakland, uh, from Ubisoft San Francisco. He was one of the directors on Fractured but Whole, the South Park game. Mm -hmm. uh, we will see. His and that team's game this year. Will it be another South Park? I think it'll be an RPG built in the Snowdrop engine, but I don't know what it'll be beyond that. Because they hired like a lot of former Telltale people, a lot of RPG-heavy people. Yeah. And then I don't think it'll be another South Park. I think they've been working on something original. And he does list on LinkedIn that he's a creative director for some Ubisoft San Francisco project for over two years now. Do you think Parker and Stone are involved in it? Because they seem like good friends at a certain point right like it seemed like they know. enjoyed working together yeah because I, I know could, if i go that far the thing the reason i say that is because like you know who parker and stone are like they're just chaos entities like who knows what they're doing <laughs> but like outside of south park they're is basic, the one consistent right yeah but they're like, basically <laughs> the ghosts um in the courtroom scene from ghostbusters <laughs> yes, exactly right okay, but it. i mean i i could see them ha like wanting to do an original game because they like games so much but I guess the only they've done South Park so much, and then they've done a couple movies. But I wonder if they would have some other idea. Well, for then like South Park world. Studios also is involved in. Oh my God, what is there's like that? Oh, the Bioshock Two director. Okay, Kevin Ken Levine. No, well, Bioshock Two. Two. Right. The, the Call my God, his Homa. new game that is all about like kids in a neighborhood, and it's like. Oh, co -op, dark, black, something, long, right? Not long, dark. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> Anyways, that game that released la last you year. You gotta find out what it is, though, right? Jordan Thomas. Yeah, but what is the game, though? Because it's like... It's the Jordan Thomas And it's experiment. like a co-op, right? Kind of. Anyways, but let me... I'll get to the name of it here. Um, but that game was like funded or published or supported by South Park Studios and like Matt and Trey have their name on oh, that that's game. That's right. Which yeah. is a very weird detail. So th those guys are obviously like really interested in games and they had a good experience I think with both South Park games. I think they were happy with how that <laughs> Do went. Do you think? They made a sequel to the first one which to me it says enough that they enjoyed it. That was it. a miracle. I think that's pulling teeth uh, from every direction. The Blackout Club. The Blackout Club. Yeah. But I mean can you pull teeth from Trey Parker and Matt Stone? Like they're just not going to do something if they don't want to do it. Right? 
Like they're That's not. True. It's not like Ubisoft could give them. It's not like they just had to add zeros to the check to get a second South Park game. It's like they're going to either do it or they're not. Yeah. And if they if they liked it enough to make a second one, I feel like they'd want to stay in games and they're supporting the Blackout Club. Like South Park Digital Studios financed the production of the Blackout Club. Even though they weren't creatively involved, Trey Parker and Matt Stone jumped at the opportunity to work with Jordan Thomas again because they worked with him on uh, yeah, the South Park they games. liked him. Like It yeah. seems like they... Because they would present on stage and stuff together, right? Or am I thinking of somebody different? I don't think Jordan Thomas went on stage okay, for that. Okay. No. I think that was Jason. Gotcha. Anyways, that's a convoluted way, but Ubisoft San Francisco RPG released or announced this year. And it might be funny. <laughs> and it might be a little bit funny. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, there we go. Uh, what about the new Bungie IP that NetEase is funding? Will we see that revealed this year? It's not Destiny. Yes, we no. will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. 100%. Uh, I think just a cryptic tease, at least, of that like coming to next gen. Yeah. Because they might want to take some more time after last year with Destiny before they give like the big next-gen push for Destiny, yeah. right? And so this would be a good way to kind of fill that gap. It's like, by the way, we have this other project from NetEase. That's, that's a speculation. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I'm not excited about that, whatever it is. I mean... A new Bungie IP? What, with NetEase, though? I don't know. I don't really? Know. You're going to let a publisher dictate? One of your favorite developers? How dare you, Kyle? I don't know if I would call Bungie one of my favorite developers. Really? Anymore. But you, I don't, you have I a did. soft spot in your heart for him. Yes. Yeah, I really... A lot of nostalgia for Halo's one through Reach, but, like, Destiny just did nothing for me. Like, I just, like, bounced off of it so hard. Both times, I really gave it a shot. You one disgust me. You disgust me. All right, sorry. we're getting to the... I'm sorry. The dangerous territory here. Right. High-risk predictions. Well, this one isn't that high-risk. Damn it. Uh, but EA... <gasps> will finally announce and release Mass Effect Trilogy Remastered. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, they got to do it. One. And I the reason I came safe. to that conclusion is because I I was trying to come up with, with predictions, and so I Googled EA 2020, and they don't have any effing <laughs> games coming out this year. Oh, uh, Dragon Age? 2021, my friend. Oh, they have They've already announced that, okay. yes. And wow. every, everything, everything else that they announced, like the next Battlefield, the next Battlefront, whatever... Yeah other Star Wars games they've all been saying like 2021 or 2022 and and there was there was a, a forum post on oh my God. on the EA forums cuz I was really interested at this <laughs> yeah, point yeah that is weird diving deep into it a deepest dive you may even say and <laughs> and someone said like what what games are coming out in 2020 and they were like well we're going to you know they directed them to the EA page of c- games coming soon and the representative even said we don't have anything listed for 2020 right now oh, but we have the Dragon Age is coming in 2021 or something like that That's it's like wild. you got to come out you got to have something coming and it seems like Mass Effect trilogy probably already yeah. in the works. It's got to be like pull the ripcord on that one right. and get I mean, it out the door. I think you're totally right. Will we see a big sort of anthem overhaul that will have a subtitle name like Anthem Rebirth or something? Maybe? It's almost too early for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's necessary, but it does feel quick. And, yeah. and even like quickly. if you if you're EA, like I'm sure they are they want to salvage that. Mm-hmm. But if that's all you got, I mean they uh, they have, they'll obviously have the sports games, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like the company's going to implode or something. But it feels like you should be sweating bullets at this time. Of we need another thing for core fans who want something else besides sports games. We quick. Give let's them re-release. Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville. <laughs> Maybe people <laughs> will look at it this time. Again. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's interesting. I think that I like that. It's happening. Yeah. It it's coming, like, fans. Okay. Obviously, people have wanted it for a long time, but I I think this year is a strong contender. Yes. Yeah. You know. All right. Dangerous prediction. You got one? Bethesda gets purchased. 
The sale of Bethesda. Really? I think they're at a they're at a real low right now. They've expanded. They've got a mm. lot of opportunity in the future. Obviously, Elder Scrolls Six is going to be an insane financial juggernaut uh, when they eventually get around to that uh, 17 years from now. And I feel like they're at a good buying price and well, in a gobbling. It's a gobbler's market. Well, my question is, like critically, they're sort of low, right? Yeah. Everyone's upset about Fallout 76. And right. I guess, I don't know, do we rope Rage 2 into that and stuff? I like, don't know people so are well. mad about it. Not mad, but like, I, the thing is, is like, for all the crap we say about Fallout 76, I think it's making money. Like, I think there's a dedicated group but of people But it's burned so many it. fans. I don't know if like that yeah. community that's still playing it is making but money, like, but I think enough people bought it and were burned. But when it comes to like a, a publisher developer like being up for sale, like, it, it's going to be a matter of like, well, this game really underperformed and we need help, right? Where I don't know if Fallout... I don't think they're I, in a panic mode. I don't think they'll need to, but I think I could see it happening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is happening this year. <laughs> that's, oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. yes. Sony's uh, death loop. And and that al- that also does <laughs> seem like it would be a good time to sell, where you've had these games come out, they've kind of been middling, people don't know, but all of the focus is on mm-hmm. you know the next Elder Scrolls, right. the next what's, fall like traditional Fallout, and then Starfield. Starfield. Yeah. yeah. So so if you could go to publishers and say, oh, we got these huge series, like there's going to be so much hype for them. Hundred percent. Now let's cash it in. Yeah. And then get out. You can have your very own Todd Howard. He'll <laughs> yeah. dance in your kitchen every morning. And then, but this is ZeniMax overall, you know. But that's just obviously yeah. a component yeah. of that, all that stuff. Yeah, that one's yeah. I don't know, man. But that's an interesting one. I do know. It's a dangerous oh, one. That's right. I'm sorry. We all know now because it's <laughs> definitely happening. All right, dangerous territory. Come on, get risky, Kyle. Uh, get freaky. Metroid Prime Four gets a trailer, possibly pre-rendered at E3. No way. No way. No way. Uh, it's happening. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was happening. Okay. Uh, no, not coming out this year, mind yeah. you. But just like, because we saw a logo, what, two years ago, three years ago? Yeah. So now at least we're going to see what Samus's character model looks like, I think, this year. Boy, I don't think so, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess you said it. It's it's on the lower end of okay. it. You know, this is like the ones that... Dangerous territory. Dangerous still, territory. I've got to build more of these. Another one? Yeah. Nintendo. <gasps> Love them. Releases a Game Boy classic. Okay. Okay. It's, Good. Instead Good. of doing... N64 classic or whatever, because yeah. that's that gets into weird wonky territory. <laughs> Just it's, do, and they've had so much success with the Switch. Do a little handheld yeah. Game Boy. Just put now, every game on it. Would it cover Game Boy to? to Game Boy Advance, or would it like just Ooh. pre? Is it are they gonna do Game Boy Col- Game Boy Mini, Game Boy Color Mini, Game Boy Advance Mini? Or I didn't even just think have... of that. If they just call it Game Boy Classic and they have Game Boy Advance games on there, game over. I mean. That's what I want. Game over, boy. Like I'd rather have an advanced classic than an original. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'll take them all, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think. I think. I mean, it could. It, I don't. It think wouldn't be, be hard, right? Yeah, you could just well, put whatever. I think advanced manufacturing that stuff. I think advanced will be separate. Would it? I think so. I yeah, and then no, Game Boy. No, Game Boy I mean, Color. would it be a nightmare? Oh like, no, it would be super easy. I don't know what I'm talking you could, about, dude, but you say it wouldn't be Game hard Boy... to like make a piece of hardware. I think that's like that's a whole well, thing. Sure, but, but no, like, the th- hardware, but that's that's like the shell, you know. Like in terms of the, if if you're going through the trouble to make something that will play Game Boy games, yeah. on a handheld thing, you already have the technology. It's all going to be ROM yeah. files anyway. Game Boy yeah. Advance was backwards compatible with Game Boy. All right. the way back to the beginning anyway. And like so. none of it's going to be hardware intensive yeah. to begin with. And they so. can still, it's like, well, they want to save some runway, but they can save the runway by having the DS classic. Like, I still yeah. feel mm-hmm. like people would buy that. There's so I many mean, great games for the DS. To be fair, like, I want it to cover everything. Game Boy, Game Boy Color, yeah. Game Boy Advance. I think it'll be you're, Game Boy, you're just Game Boy Color. If they're gonna... 
I think split advance, it up in I think order advance to milk will get it. separated because advance I think is a is is treated sort of by Nintendo as a separate console where Game right. Boy also, Color or not. Yeah, which Game Boy Color still still had the same controller layout, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was identical. But did it advance added like shoulder, shoulder buttons? buttons? Yeah. 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 yeah so so maybe. that complicates it. Yeah. There was wasn't there a patent or something for it was like a Game Boy case for that you put over your iphone yeah or like a that. phone yeah and it, i it think that was like an official screen open right yeah, yeah to kind of mm. backwards in a strange way create like a game boy classic was, uh, that's just like retron, an app and you could even put um you could put cartridges in it which was really weird what are you talking about no we're talking about other things no that well i guess we're talking about two different things but there was a retron maybe i can find it it's not the retron it, there was like a nintendo patent Oh, that people thought, like, patent. is this going okay. to be the Game Boy Classic? Oh, it's just okay, like an okay. app with this weird case thingy. Gotcha. Uh, that's all right. Well, either way. Very good. Game Boy Classic 2020. Yeah, in the I can. That's a good one. Uh, let's see. Here's a... Oh, also, they won't make enough of them, and it will sell out, <laughs> and that'd be a huge headache. You won't be know. able to get one for Christmas. You know, yeah. that's that's a bold prediction, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I should have I should have started with that mm. one. <laughs> all right. Here's a dangerous, bold prediction. Okay. Does everybody remember Gearbox's Project 1v1? <laughs> What's that you say? No? I do. Well, you will again this year. My prediction, Gearbox's Project 1v1 is turned into something called Borderlands Duel <laughs> for the launch of next gen. Damn, yeah. that's good. That's that why is they, a good prediction. That's why they uh, shut down those Battleborn servers. Got to make a room. That's you right. Got to clear that's the right. runway, as you said, for... But, 1v1. but they have the relationship with Sony because they were the first to announce the PlayStation 5 game that we all remember the name of. Godfall. <laughs> um, so they have some relationship there, you know? Yeah, well, it was called 1v1, right? Project Which 1v1. Was probably like, 1v1. Was a, that was like a code that name. Was a word yeah. You played it, right, Jeff? Yes, I did. What was it again? E3, it was a 1v1 shooting. It was like a Quake feeling game? Yeah, kind of. But then there was kind of the Battleborn style loot in between matches, I oh, think. Done deal. Which was done deal. Which was a mess. I mean, you were positive on it, right? Like most people were. It wasn't no. like you were pretty positive. No? Okay. It sucked, right? <laughs> I Yeah, I I don't remember being I I think I may have said the gameplay was, you know, fine or whatever. Okay. But <laughs> but even then it felt very weird of like we're kind of floating this out while everyone's waiting for Right. Uh, okay. Borderlands. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So Right. And then right. we then we didn't hear anything for like two more years. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. And I think they're in a little bit in safe mode after seeing, especially the sales of Borderlands Three. I think it's like, wow, let's just double it did down. Okay, right? It did well, right? Yeah, I'm just saying, but like, you know, it's like they are in safe mode before Borderlands Three, and they're just realizing, being reminded of how amazing that franchise is from right. the sales and just you know public knowledge mm-hmm. awareness angle that they're gonna reskin that sucker. Okay. All right. You ready for this one's? Uh, Low chance of actually happening. Not the way I see it. It's dangerous, but you're confident it's dangerous. happening. Dangerous. This is dangerous, but I'm confident it's <laughs> happening. Uh, E3 probably. Well, I guess when's the there's the standalone Sony events, right? Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Uh, God the- of War two teased, and uh, mm. Atreus is older. Like that's the yep. big tease. As yep. we see, like a like a teenager Atreus, and you know what? He's a, he's a he's a little bit angry. Yes. He's angrier. He's I- older, and he's just a little bit angry all the time. You know, just like his dad. <laughs> I, I think you're dad. absolutely right. I think uh, if I think the most he insight- will walk out of the shadow. <laughs> Ooh, I can see it, man. I, I think that God of War Two is coming yeah. faster than people think. Uh, 
And I, I think Corey Barlock was just like hanging out in Vegas, right? I mean, what's he doing? He's not doing he's anything. Starting a new IP or whatever within <laughs> Sony Santa Monica, right? Uh, and a lot of weird sci-fi they do try, teases they and do, stuff. They do try. They actively try to jump directors, right? Between God of Wars. I mean, Barlock even said as much. Like he said, I, he's not directing the sequel. Okay, I would yeah. love for him to, but like I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he, like it is a, a new director because that's historically yeah. how that series. Has I gone. think it's going to be. If I had to guess. My guess is it's going to be David Matt, Jaffe. David Jaffe. <laughs> uh, Matt Sophos, okay. who was uh, a writer, I think maybe even like narrative lead on The Last God of War, but he was also the creative director for Lost Planet 3. Oh, you um, had him on the We had him on the right? podcast. Yes, and it, I know we keep plugging Game Informer stuff, but go check out their stuff. It turns out we all worked there for <laughs> yeah. nearly a decade. But like on Game Informer's YouTube channel, you can find there's a big spoiler conversation, and it's me talking to the two writers. And oh. Richard, I forget the other guy's name, um, but it's also Matt Sophos, and it's like it's interesting that like Sony put them forward. In my mind, it's like this is them testing the waters of like how does this guy do yeah. in an interview, and that is the most that they've ever talked about because I pressed him a fair amount on like the future and without any spoilers, like what the reveals at the end of that game could mean for the future, which were apparently late in development according to them, right? Supposedly, uh, I don't remember that part. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, not here. But the, yeah, I think they hint towards a darker future for Atreus, which is really interesting. Yeah, and I, I so what? God of War was 2017? 2018. 28, oh, it was eighteen. Yep. Oh, it was okay. like April twenty eighteen. Yeah. So maybe the yeah. So I, a tease. I don't think it's coming out this yeah. year. Maybe two years, a year or two, but like a tease at least. I mean, the original God of the first. Oh, this, this is so confusing. The God of War for PS4, <laughs> the Norse God of War mm-hmm. was teased pretty early, wasn't it? A couple year? years before eighty three, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Jeff um Yes. Uh we're definitely in danger territory now. High voltage. High voltage. When the, we touch. The danger zone. Yes. Uh Rockstar will reveal their next game and it will be a new IP. Ooh. Agent? Does agent count? Or is agent just dead? I would I would totally count agent. Agent seems much more unrealistic than mm-hmm. This one, so even would, more dangerous. So it wouldn't be GTA 7. Just no, that, no, he does count GTA 7 as a new IP. <laughs> yeah, so, that's yeah. how IPs work, Kyle. That's exactly what a new <laughs> IP is. Bouncing on me. I love it. Is there going to be one studio heading it up that you have in mind? One Rockstar studio? The main one. <laughs> oh, the big dog? <laughs> yep. Ow! No, I don't know. Okay, all right. I'm not it. going that far. Okay, but all right. I like it. Um, you will see it in 2020. <laughs> They'll announce it, and it will blow your mind. Here's my very Next specific. Next exclusive, right? Oh yeah, my very specific prediction. Monolith. The, They've been quiet wait, for a while since Shadow of War. Monoliths, right? That's right. Not Xenoblade Monolith. Okay. This is Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor Monolith. Mm-hmm. Their next game, a Fear reboot. The, uh, the horror first-person shooter. That's right. <laughs> They've built up so much expertise in 4R. That's right. Okay. No, the full the full reboot. <clears throat> this is just out there. It's like, well, they're probably due for some sort of announcement. If I was Warner Brothers and looking through, like, Monolith is really good working with IP. We got enough studios working on this superhero crap. What else can we do with them? I guess fear there might be an audience for bringing yeah. that back. But, I mean, how far, how far out is that Amazon Lord of the Rings show? They're announcing casting and stuff. I don't. Is Warner Brothers involved with that though? I don't think so. Why wouldn't they be, right? Aren't I don't they, think they are. No, no Amazon oh, okay. like got the rights from Tolkien. Oh, oh god, yeah. that's confusing. It okay, so confusing. they don't care about the show then, you think? Unless it's kind of like a Witcher game, Witcher Netflix show, yeah. kind of like maybe it'll remind people that it's good, but I think just Shadow of War, that was that studio going all in, 
as much as they could with the systemic design, Warner Brothers going all in as much as they could, meet them halfway by shoving in microtransactions, and I feel like that's the end of that road, right? It's yeah. also a little bit of like the end I mean, of that journey. Didn't, that <laughs> it didn't really make an impact ultimately, exactly. right? I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The, the other twist, maybe Monolith pulling from IP. You think about the most valuable IP Warner Brothers has, Matrix. They don't. Oh. They don't go back to Matrix Online, which they made, but make like a Matrix brawler. Yeah, that new movie is what two years out, something like that. I doubt they would have known about it back in 2017 when they would have had to have kicked this project off. But if yeah. in any way they could have had a blessing, but from so the you, you think they're done with systemic nemesis style stuff? Is what you're saying? I think they I could do. adapt it to like another IP. Like maybe like a Mortal Kombat action game or something, which would be insane. But oh boy, I mean, That'd I don't so know. Weird. I mean, Boone would probably be up for that, right? Like letting another studio make a Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh, you action. want Mortal Kombat? Please take it, please. I mean, they're they're usually they yeah. they haven't been in many years, but there was a time where they were experimental with Mortal Kombat yep. and doing different things with it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. All right, other big stuff. I got yeah, I got some weirdo ones. Great. This is more of a dream than a prediction, Mm-mm. but it's definitely gonna happen. Uh-huh. There you go. Uh, the PS5 yep. will have some sort of portable element, whether it's like streaming huh. or something. Like, I don't VMU. know. VMU. Yeah, something like that. I, okay. it's, it's just kind of something I really want, and I hope that uh, okay. they looked at the success of the Switch and Switch and try to incorporate it in some way. Unlikely, but it's going to happen. Okay. It will happen. Love it. Love it. Are we out of cereal months? Oh, my God. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, cereal... <laughs> Look, I know we're all saying confidently, confidently that these are going to happen, even if the bold, but uh, the cereal one. Is it Dota related? Yeah, he's sick. Yeah, he's sick in the head. <laughs> he should be in a loony bin. He oh. says, there will be a new small-scale Witcher game released this year. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe like that weird Gwent story thing. Maybe yeah. that's okay. the realm. Okay. What, is that still PC exclusive? That's a good question. Because that Probably. would be fun to see on like Switch. Are you giving him wiggle room? Like if they port that to Switch, he'll be like, no. I no, it would have to be something different. Yeah. It'll but be maybe like... <laughs> maybe like a Telltale style adventure no. kind of story okay. thing. I think it'll adapt the TV show and get the likenesses of the actors and be a clearly rushed project from another developer. <laughs> that's great. That's <laughs> so mm-hmm. stupid on Netflix's part if they're like, you know, we've got this Netflix, we've got this Witcher license. We should make a Witcher game. We're doing it with Dark Crystal. We did it with Stranger Things. Well, it's just like, what if we, there was a Witcher game? Was the Walking Dead survival instinct style? Remember that? Oh, or is it like based on the AMC show? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Anything could happen. Uh, Uh, Yeah, it's going to happen, though. Serial said as much. Yep. I have a bunch of rapid fire. These people are due for a new game. Okay. But do you have any bold predictions before that? Oh, I I got some crazy ones, my friend. Are we we to crazy town now? Yeah, we're in. Well, you just heard serials. Okay. (laughs) This one's insane, and I can't believe it's going to happen in 2020. (laughs) Yeah. Microsoft will purchase Hello Games. Love it. In terms of. Because they've been buying lots of developers, uh-huh. I feel like Hello Games is kind of in a weird spot now. They could they could sell out, dude, and it mm. and I don't think it would go to Sony. I think they would go the other way, and I think it'd be a fun twist. Yeah. Microsoft would be willing to shell out the cash. I don't know if Hello Games needs to do it. I think they're sitting pretty. I think that game is continuing to sell yeah, so well. Yeah, I know. That's why it's so crazy <laughs> that it's happening. Oh, that's right. That is nuts. Uh, do you have other crazy ones? I don't. Re- I'm okay, out of crazy here's ones. Here's my last crazy one. I saved the craziest for last. 
This is just you crying into the it's microphone. Just, I'm going to be crying into the microphone uh-huh. in 20 minutes. Um, right, so Ring Fit Adventure, I think, was a hit, right? Oh, boy. The Wii Vitality Sensor will make some some kind of return. Okay. And it's based on, like, the success of Ring Fit Adventure and, like, you know, they're seeing some people do want to get better. They want to get better, mm-hmm. like, min-max playing uh-huh. Switch. And there is, like, that element of, like, you can hold your finger over the uh, the IR sensor yep. on the controller to get your pulse. And I think whether that's, like, a, not a separate piece of hardware that you wear while you're working out that's integrated the Switch or Pokemon Sleep or something like that, or it's... Like a game, ta- a game, an action game, a fantasy game, like takes advantage of checking your pulse while you're playing. Like Super Mario Odyssey two. That yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll pulse, take your pulse. The pulse planet. Breath of the Wild two will take your pulse, and we'll say, oh, it's like the Wii Vitality sensor. All right, that's good. The end. More bold good. ones. That's it. I think that's it for me. Jeff I got on? one more. Please. <gasps> and I'm loving that this is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Sony will announce its own Game Pass, and it will be part of the. PlayStation 5 subscription service. The what? The PlayStation 5? Yeah. Subscri- and oh. so, so instead of just paying, you know, your instead of doing like the free game every month, yeah. they'll just go Game Pass style and mm. you'll the money that you're paying to play online will also get you access to a list. Their first party know, games, you think? Last of Us 2? Yeah, they're going to give all those awesome exclusives away for free. That's why wow. it's so crazy. I love it. I love it. Uh, I don't okay. think that's insane, honestly. Sony instituting some kind of Game Pass like competitor. Well, they have if, like the stream you, thing now. Yeah, but. but if you wrapped it in with the PS5, that's another reason yeah. to go out yeah. and get the new hardware. There it is, folks. You heard it here first. It's uh, going to happen. We're dialing things back. Here are just some things that I think are developers that are due. So less crazy, but I keep an eye out. Giant Sparrow. It's been three years since What Remains of Edith Finch. Okay. I can see their next game being announced. Yeah, the Switch port came out eight months ago. Okay. Something like that. Okay. But it will be a sequel mm, about another person named after a different type of bird. That's right. <laughs> what uh, still remains of Edith Finch, <laughs> a different house. Mario and Rabbids 2, I could absolutely yeah, see happening no, this seems, year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Super Hot 2. It's been four years since Super Hot. Super Hotter. Yep, there we go. I know they worked on Super Hot VR, so that's kind of yeah. Nebulous, I don't know. But... See, I think they would do a full something original. Yeah, know? I would hope so. Yeah, uh, Frictional Games from Soma fame—they're okay. due for a new game. I can see that being announced this year. The Lego game. This one's tricky. They have Lego Star Wars, probably the first half of the year. Mm-hmm. What is Lego working on next? My guess: Lego Avengers Two, where okay. they'll have like Captain Marvel and then also Endgame and Infinity War, the Legoized versions of that. Yeah, when Lego Worlds was this year, is that? Worlds? I think so, right? That came out a couple years ago. Did it? But it came to consoles recently? Am I just talking Mm, out my butt? I think they just put it on Game Pass recently. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was more recent than that. Uh, And then Vicarious Visions. They've been relatively quiet. They've done a lot of support roles. I could see their full original Crash Bandicoot game getting announced. Mm. Especially with with the PlayStation 5. Sony would desperately want that on there. Crash Bandicoot. Honestly. It worked once. Mm -hmm. Another one. Jonathan Blow. The witness, it's been four years. Mm. I know he takes his sweet time, but come on, man. There was, did you see him tweeting the other day? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I was, continue on. I'll find it. No, find that's it. What's that? Oh, and I took a screenshot of it because it, it was basically, he said, I'm going to tweet something that's going to upset a lot of people. And then it, if you looked at it, the follow-up tweet, it was there were two tweets that said, this tweet has been deleted. Oh. This tweet has been deleted. So I don't even know what he said. I didn't look into it that deep, but I was just like... That makes total sense. It's like, all right, <laughs> yeah. let me call my shot. This one's going to piss people off. And then two tweets that got deleted, like, immediately. <laughs> awesome. What if that was all a ruse and he just actually... 
tweeted nonsense and then deleted them so that it would tell that story. <laughs> oh, maybe. Interactive narrative like fiction. Clever fellow. Oh, I'm back to uh, bold predictions. Oh, we're back. Stadia, end of 2020. A relative End success. Oh, a relative success. I was yeah. going to say Stadia 2020 canceled. Canceled? <laughs> yeah. I think once like they, they just get out pull of, out. I think once it's like you see, and especially families see, oh, we could spend $400, $500 on a new console, or we could also play the game for streaming, and then it's also when there's no barrier, and you don't need to be a member of the Founders Edition or whatever. I think if it, I think there's a good chance it'll break through, and that people mm. will be like, okay, I guess I'll start paying attention to Reggie Watts and these commercials. But isn't Aren't we already there? No. Like, doesn't that... Can't I tell a friend? Like, no, it's like still you a founder's can go, edition. No. You can go play Red Dead Redemption 2 with Stadia if no. you pay... How much is it, does it like cost to get into Stadia right now? or whatever. Okay, so yeah. still like a third of the price of a... Well, actually, it depends on what console you're looking at. That's too messy. If I was able to tell a friend you can stream Red Dead and only pay 60 bucks for it, Yeah, I think that's huge. See, yeah, I like... I think you and I are kind of on the same page, and like I like Stadia. Like I want it honestly. Like, I like the idea. Of I it. like the idea of Stadia. I yeah. want to succeed. I I think I I think it already missed its window. Honestly, like I think the Founders Edition was a flop, and I I think that's I don't think I don't think that when it like sort of reboots with that free version, I think people are already burned by it. But I, can, I think so. But I think there's still the mass audience that doesn't understand it, and their ads have been horrific. But if the yeah. tech gets to a point and word of mouth spreads, especially when you're looking down the barrel of the price of these consoles, I think a lot sure. of people will be down for it. Maybe, I mean, but it's also, I mean, mainstream in the sense that you still have to have some kind of PC to play it on. You have to get a controller that you're going to know mm, how to plug into stuff. I mean, I, I yeah. guess it's fine. I mean, you don't. Yeah, and you don't I, need I the PC like, necessarily. You yeah, have feel, Chromecast. You yeah, have your phone. But but there's still hardware, right? Like whether it's yeah. a small barrier I, I or there, a big barrier. There is a tech hurdle there that we're we're saying like, oh, this is going to be great for like the mainstream who know nothing. And I think there's still enough hurdles there. I think at some point it's easier to just get a console that you plug into your TV because you understand how that technology works. Could be. Could yeah. be. I want. I like. The idea, like, I have those, you know, uh, friends who are, like, parents and stuff who don't want to buy a new console, and it's like, I tell them about how great Red Dead Redemption 2 is, and if I could say, like, you should check out this game, like, you can spend the 60 bucks on it by going through Stadia and, like, play without having to worry about anything, like, yeah. that is a very attractive proposition, but, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's going to click. Look, that's know. why I'm saying that it's going to be huge in 2020. <laughs> there we go. Uh, there we go. Let's see. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion reception. Anybody have any predictions there? Well, here's the thing. Is, isn't that in 2021 at this point? Or it's like it's no, fiscal. it's still nebulous. It's one of those weird okay. fiscal things. But I, I believe it's still planned for twenty twenty. Like if you look at it, it's like Wikipedia page or something. I think it has it listed as like twenty twenty one. You're gonna believe that? That's what the hackers put in there, man. That's right. Yeah. I mean, but, but 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 ignoring that element of it, the question was, what's the reception? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> positive. There it is. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> That's gonna happen. Positive reception. And last prediction. <laughs> Which console is getting out of the gate strongest? Xbox. I think Sony out of the gate and then Xbox catches up very quickly. I think, I think there's so much goodwill for the PS4 this generation. Are you for sales wise? Yeah. And there's a lot of goodwill for three sixty. Over That's PS3. true. That's true. I just but think there's no burn bridges like with the messaging of the Xbox One at launch at this point. And I think yeah. I think Xbox is playing a smarter game at this point. But I still think it'll take a while before it fully catches up. Sure. I I do think this generation, this coming generation, I think it's going to be in that sort of back and forth race where Nintendo's sort of doing its own thing off in the distance. Mm -hmm. This this generation was Sony. I think it, it, Microsoft's going to be the next one, at least in America. You know. Uh, but I think I think that's a fair point of like. 
you know, initially Sony in the lead. Especially with like the IP that Sony can launch with. Yeah. Forget about it. I feel like they're in more dangerous territory of like they could screw things up because they had, you know, like they struggled with all the multi-platform play stuff and kind of weird stuff. I think it could be very easy for them to mess something fundamental up and have it totally screw their sales. But just going into it, if they don't do that, they have such a library of titles that Microsoft just doesn't have, they still don't, Microsoft needs to come out with more first party stuff that yeah. will make people say, yeah. oh, well, I'll get an Xbox instead. Yeah. Right, right. And Halo, have that. Halo Infinite's going to be on last yeah. gen. Yeah. And yeah, Hellblade 2, as much as I'm excited for it, isn't a lot, isn't yeah. like a Last of Us 2, you know. Right. Sure. Hey, uh, do you guys know how this whole thing runs? Patreon. <laughs> That's right. Patreon.com oh. slash minmax. Two ends. Hey, good job, Kyle. See, you're right on top of hey. it, man. Uh, so if you check out that page, you can see different tiers of support. Uh, you can see behind us, we have the Wall of Heroes TV, which cycles throughout the MinMax Show podcast. Zachary Pliggy wanted to put his name on there and a picture of him looking like a real champ. Uh, <laughs> here's an interesting one. Superhero Cinema Scoop. Uh, that is uh, a new supporter of MinMax this month. And so they get on the Wall of Heroes, but then they also are such a huge supporter that... Uh, we get to read a little something about them. Here's what they are. Uh, this is Riley Hill over from Superhero Cinema Scoop. Superhero Cinema Scoop is proud to sponsor MinMax. Superhero Cinema Scoop is a new YouTube channel dedicated to bringing you all the up-to-date news on your favorite superhero movies, shows, and video games. News from Marvel, DC, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Spawn, and many more are represented. Videos are uploaded at least once a week and, be en- and can be enjoyed by the whole family. Just search for Superhero Cinema Scoop on YouTube and remember, that cinema... Spelled with an S. Mm. For super. <laughs> I okay. added that part at the end. <laughs> Thank you so much, Riley Hill. I checked out his videos and it's like, this is exactly the level of supporter that I've been dreaming of. It's mm. like somebody that they, like I think in his intro video, he's like, oh, all my friends were sick of me talking about superhero news. So I just decided to build a YouTube channel around <laughs> it. And then like having somebody go out on a limb, trying to make content and then just hoping to get more eyeballs on it and supporting MinMax by doing that. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah, the family friendly stuff. He seems I like think, a yeah, nice I think guy. that's a good angle too of like keeping family friendly. Like that's nice. Like it's good to know that going into it. Right, right. Yeah. He also had a video up recently where he's like looking through old uh, ads in comic books, mm. which is very fun and specific. Mm. He had a video up recently talking about the rumors that Hulk and Namor are back at Marvel uh, that they can for the cinematic rights. And so they did they can make a standalone oh. Hulk movie at this gotcha. point. And then there was like rumors for so long that Namor that they wanted um, who's that uh, good guy Keanu Reeves to, 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 to play Namor <laughs> and stuff guy? so a lot of fun stuff thank you so much Riley Hill for supporting us and check out Superhero Cinema Scoop and leave a nice comment let them know that you're watching it because of us and it's also nice to have an endorsement like that where for our viewers it costs them nothing to go check it out yeah yeah so that's just a great point go help them just out see if you like the there. content yeah, yeah. and like even though I didn't grow up a huge superhero guy, like I love the business of superhero movies. It's fascinating. A lot of it's coming from like Kevin Smith and his podcast and stuff. Mm-hmm. I will listen to rumors about superhero movies all day. Mm-hmm. I can't quite explain why. Yeah, I think once I heard you explain it once as like that was what you survive on. Like that is basically your food is superhero movie rumors. <laughs> I think you were that sounds like that. a Ben Hansen quote. Yeah. And I got a big scoop of superhero <laughs> cinema scoop. Right there. there it is right there. Thank you so much, everybody. And again, uh, uh, you might have noticed as well that Beaten Down Brian, a hero to the people, uh, he changed his wall of heroes photo. Oh, did he? He changed it from his cute dog on the farm over there 
to now being a plague tale and a quote from Min Max on there saying it's <laughs> probably, probably good. good. Perfect. Because <laughs> he's so mad that we aren't playing that. So I'm just saying oh, the TV so behind funny. us has probably zero good. cute pets on it. If you would like to no, fix yeah. that, you can be a $100 supporter even right. for one month. I think it'd be super fun. God, I want that to be a box quote on just some game. Probably good. Just in the trailer. <laughs> oh, amazing. All right. Uh, community questions. We make a post every week on Patreon. If you're a Patreon supporter at any level, uh, you're welcome to leave a question. We got a lot of very good stuff. Stuff from folks. Here we go. James Cooper. First one. A twist. Hmm. He says, hello, everybody. I don't have a question, just a small request. Not sure if it's something um, you can do, but can you please give a shout out to the Australian Red Cross bushfire appeal? Mm. The fires here are worse than they have ever been, and we all and we need all the help we can get in Australia. Yeah. Our Absolutely. heart goes out to the Australian community. It is wild. You yeah. following that stuff? Yeah. I mean, uh, GI, former GI Australia editor David Milner was yeah. sort of in the in the midst of it, and it was it was scary to watch him go through that so yeah absolutely if you can donate anything there we go uh evan McHugh says what do y'all think of the switch pro leaks i guess we already talked about it yeah. is it poppycock i think there probably will be a switch pro this year but the idea of it running 4k i think is poppycock. 4k i think is the line it won't cross but will be cool otherwise yeah well, the line i'm going to be crossing is an animal line hang on let me write <laughs> that's down. an animal crossing <laughs> are you taking reference. a note so you can edit that out later yeah <laughs> Okay, great. Um, and we have, oh, Hugo A says, what games from last year are you still working on? I'm close to finishing Control, and we'll start Disco Elysium afterwards, hoping to be done before Resident Evil 3 and Cyberpunk drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we went through a lot of Everything. Basically, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of everything. I had a weird experience, Kyle, where it's like, I went back to Death Stranding. I just yeah. realized, like, man, it's, a hard it's, one to it's go my back holiday to. break, and there's a Kojima game that I don't dislike. Like, I haven't hit anything in that game yet that I don't like like i like the world i i don't mind wandering i don't mind some slow moments uh but i just keep wanting to bail on it and i don't know why you can if you want <laughs> i'm not gonna be upset about it i think you would like i think you asked serial like in that window of where he had played it and it was not publicly available and he you asked him like do, will i like this game yeah and i think he said like it might be a struggle for you right i, I do think the game does if you like it at all right now, I think it improves as you go further in because okay. because traver- whatever the hang up is traversal, which I don't know if it is, like yeah. that element gets easier and easier as right. you go. Right. Um I I hope you stick with it. I want it, to. It is a it is a Hideo Kojima game through and through to the end, which I appreciate about it and I think you'll like about it too. Okay. You know. So all right. I hope you I hope you keep going with it. Brian W uh wrote in as well saying he's at chapter 5 and he's not really digging it. Should I keep going? Okay. Is it worth it to see it through the end at that I, point? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pretty far in at that point because I feel like chapter three is kind of like the the line, like where it's like the I'm in or I'm out. You sure. know what I mean? Because that's when you start getting equipment that helps you move around easier. So maybe if you're if you're actively disliking it yeah. at that point, I mean maybe it's time to move on. But you know, go look up the ending because I think it's it's cool and yeah. worth looking at. Something with that game that I don't think people talked about enough was is a quiet little news story, but Ken who's the producer on that game, and he's produced Kojima's games since Metal Gear Solid 3, he left Kojima Productions right at the end. Like, there was a a weird split. Um, I think that's a huge thing. Like, Ken is, like, the production man, making Mm. sure things are happening for Kojima behind the scenes. Like, he was Kojima's right-hand man. Like, obviously, Yoji Shinkawa is for the art, and Ken's for production. And so, like, losing, you know, in terms of, like, the leadership at Kojima Productions, one-third of that is pretty wild and i'm curious what it'll mean for the future yeah. of Cause that's the game because it was like basically they finished death stranding and then he was he left yeah. right so yeah interesting and he's, yeah. A, he's a weird case where um does he help with writing 
and stuff like that? Because usually no. there's usually like three credited writers, but they're not names I've right. recognized. No, I don't. Know? I don't think he's a writer. But he goes back and he's like a, a programmer or artist. I forget. But he worked on old Konami games like. Um, Oh, Valiant Hearts? Is that the strategy PS1 RPG? Uh, wait. Vagrant Hearts? Vagrant, not Vagrant Story. Okay. Oh, boy. I think it's Valiant Hearts. Is that's, the, not, that's the World War One game, though, isn't it? Oh, hang on. PS1 <laughs> RPG. <laughs> Having a computer in front of you is so yeah, yeah, it's helpful. weird. But anyways, um, he was also... The crazy thing is he went to school... Yeah, Valiant Hearts is the is not the game. Okay. Vandal Hearts. Vandal, mm. Vandal Hearts. Mm. Close enough. Yes. You got it. Um, but he went to school in Minneapolis. He's a Japanese guy, but he went to school in oh, Minneapolis. Wow. So like on the Metal Gear Solid yeah, yeah, yeah. Ground Zero's cover story trip, he's just talking to him and he like listed his favorite Chinese restaurants in Minneapolis. I was like, what? That's crazy. So maybe he can come back. We can get him on the show. There you go. That'd, That'd be very be fun. Uh, yeah, what games are you guys working on, though, from 2019 still? Oh, boy. Well, I obviously have to play Control, so I can give it back to yep, Kyle correct. at yes. some point. Hurry, hurry. Um, trying to think of, like, what other... Oh, uh, the big one for me that uh, is uh, Astral Chain. Yeah. I've multiple times... In fact, like, last night I put Breath of the Wild cartridge in the system because I paused on Astral Chain cartridge, and I was like, no, I want to play Breath of the Wild tonight. So, But that is that is the one that I'm like that I want to go back to that I didn't touch at all in 2019. Sure. And if Disco Elysium comes to consoles, I'll check it out. But I'm not confident that I'll be into that game. It might be a while before it comes. Yeah. Well, I can see it like later this year or something, right? Yeah. Um, Joseph uh, C. Doherty says, hey, Ben and the cohorts, uh, are any of you excited for Dragon Ball Z Kakarot? Where are your guys' expectations for that game? I am personally hyped as H-E <sighs> double hockey sticks for it. As the uh, home of infinite losers. Exactly. Okay. Uh, but I'm also not expecting it to be groundbreaking by any means. Yeah. I am strangely looking forward to it, and I think it's going to be a solid 725. Yeah. Like, it's... My expectations, I think, are in check for what that game will be. Yeah. But I... If you... Like, it is my... And I don't mean to, uh, this as a way to, like, hype up that game, mm -hmm. but it is my dream Dragon Ball game of, like, yeah. a kind of an open action game. I don't want to do fighting games. I'm you want an RPG? I want an RPG. And if this gets even a little close to that, I'll be, I'll enjoy it. I'm excited for it. But, but I think that seven range, I think, is a good, <laughs> like, yeah. good window of review scale. I'm going know? with low expectations, and maybe you'll be impressed. I know they release, like, character progression trailers and stuff like that. I haven't looked at that yet. Yeah. Because no, um, no. I kind of want to be surprised about, like, oh, you play as other characters and stuff like that. Like, it's still kind of nebulous to me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm really looking forward to covering it. And thank God we have a real Dragon Ball powerhouse here with Jeff. I'm at the table. But you're saying it's an open world RPG? Yeah, but then the fighting's basically just Xenoverse stuff. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it would be fun for you to play it for a bit. Yeah. That does, that does sound more interesting. It, it's always sounded like an interesting series when you idiots talk about <laughs> these characters cool fighting world. and it's yeah. you know these ridiculous fights oh, and they stuff. Fight. <laughs> but but I don't want to play a fighting game yeah, essentially. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, an open world kind of, of RPG anime. progression thing. All right, and it'll tell you the story of Dragon it. Ball Z. I'll try it. Great, and then maybe I'll be the biggest Dragon Ball fan. And I'll punch you all it into would. infinity or whatever <gasps> we'll happens in those. That actually could be like maybe a fun future segment. It's like you don't have to beat it or anything, but just play like the first couple of hours of it and we get your sort of take on what's happening in the story. Because I think it's just retelling <clears throat> Dragon Ball Z, right? Yeah. I mean, like, well, let's do it we'll on the Great Cody Hunt stream. Yeah, that'd be great. Every Tuesday. Uh, Colin Birch says, what are the chances of some of the big 2020 titles hitting the next generation consoles day one? I have original Xbox One and PS4, and they can really struggle with some current games. I'm beginning to feel like I should just wait and play games on the next generation. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be backwards compatible, both, right? 
Yeah. Oh, that's a weird way of looking at it. I was thinking that he's thinking of like ports and stuff. Yeah. Oh, you know? I, was, I thought he was asking, should I buy a PS4 Pro tomorrow or should I wait for PS5? Well, that's weird because if it's backwards compatible, would it be like the equivalent of playing the games on a PS4 Pro? Yeah. It, so. Who knows, be, right? right? I mean, yeah. I guess. I mean, playing Xbox games on a 360 upscaled them to make them look sharper. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because so yeah. yeah. it's the same disc or, you know, you're buying the same game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just will run better on a PS4 Pro. But if it's on a PS5, then you would assume yeah. it would it would probably run even better than a PS4 Pro. And you might as well wait because then at that point, too, they might release, like, new generation versions of it, like Control. I would have to believe they're going to have, like, the like expanded nine. Game of the Year edition for next year. Well, time. yeah, that, that's what I was wondering if that was his original question of, like, you have those, like, gap games where it comes out at the end, but then they're you know they're going to do a better version yeah. when it comes out on the new system, which, yeah. I, which I would assume when we get to those games, you're going to know if it's going to come out on both, right? Yeah. I mean, we're looking at like a what nine, ten month wait for new for PS Five. Like, there's always that like you can get Xbox One X, play those games you want to play, and up up you know sell it to get a yeah. Xbox Just wait. series. Just, Just wait. Wait. wait you know, if you can wait, wait. You know. Oh yeah, Evan McHugh says, "What are your guesses for the prices of the next Xbox and the PlayStation 5? I always uh, feel I feel like five hundred is likely, but yeah. hasn't that historically failed for past SKUs? They always jump it back down to four hundred within a year. Yeah, yeah four ninety nine I think seems pretty likely. I mean just with inflation and everything and Are you thinking higher? What are you thinking? Mm, What's going on in that head of yours? I was I was thinking four hundred. Three ninety nine? Yeah. I don't know why that makes more sense to me. <laughs> Three ninety nine. It's like maybe they just take a bath on that. But uh, I was thinking 500. Yeah. Yeah. Because it sounds like these are going to be much more powerful consoles. And there might be also options like the, like the step up. At, at least in terms of well what did what did PS4 Pro and Xbox One X debut at? I think 399, but Hanson's going to double check. Um Yeah, and the other thing, I think the price could be a little higher on these because there's going to be options to play those games streaming at a cheaper level. So these are the premium consoles, right? Like the Series X is yeah. like for the person that is a hardcore gamer who is going to, I mean, frankly, buy it as long as, you know, it's probably like under 700 they'd be happy to pay that. Because like if you're more leaning casual and you want to play Hellblade 2, mm-hmm. there's going to be options for you to play without having to drop money on a big console, right? right? right. Xcloud. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. PS4 Pro launched at 400 and, and it's, so it seems like if they can ask 400 for what was this mid-step, you yeah. know, like no one was blown away by the PS4 Pro's power or the Xbox One X's powerful, even though they are more powerful than the base systems. It was yeah. such a smaller step. This seems like they're both companies are at least billing it as this is going to change everything, you know, which obviously it's not going to. But it seems like a <laughs> much larger jump in tech that I think it will be easier for them to just say, I mean, you pay like $800 for a new phone at this point right. every other year. Do you think they'll be the same price or is there going to be some shenanigans? Some skullduggery, as Matt Helgeson would say. I think it'll be the same price. I think it'll be the same price. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 500 Steve, lock it in. I mean, well, it's going to happen. I mean, PS3 versus 360 price discrepancy like really bit Sony hard. Yeah. So I don't. I think they're going to, both are going to try to avoid that. You know? Sure. Steve Fiore says, hey, Ben and gang, happy 2020. Hey. Now that Sony has reiterated some spec stuff and shown the logo at CES, it seems like a PS5 reveal is very close. What do you guys think of that logo, by the way? 
underwhelming. Does that even count as a logo? I don't think so. I was so excited because in my fantasy, I thought that like the graphic designer, Corey Schmitz, who did the controls logo and he's done a lot of work with Sony, like the Insomniac logo, Sucker Punch logo, Ghost of Tsushima logo, stuff like that. Days gone. I was like, I bet he's going to get a chance to like try and design the PS5 logo. That was my dream. And then they reveal it. It's just, okay, it's the PS4 logo again. It's just such a bummer. It was like, what would a five look like? Okay, put that on there instead. Yeah, you did it. It's huge cigar inhale. <laughs> the sort of the the jumps between console generations now are so small. Mm-hmm. Like it's not this big celebratory change. You know what I mean? Which is like a bummer. Like it was always. And if fun. they're not happening in the hardware, they should change it for the marketing, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, the thing, the funny thing that I saw was people taking the the PS2 logo and sort of photoshopping it to be PS5, which I thought was just funny. You the know? PS2 or PS3? Two. Okay, because there's a lot of people doing that with the, the three of, of like the Spider-Man font with yeah, PlayStation no, I 5. Because I think because the two, you can just rotate, oh, right? Of so course. like it was oh, a quick Photoshop. And it was, yeah. uh, but Steve says, what is your absolute dream launch title for the PlayStation 5? For the PlayStation 5. Dream. Dream. Hmm. I mean, you could say like Ueda's next game or something. Obviously, that'd be amazing. Yeah. But honestly, I would love a Twisted Metal Battle Royale. Yeah. Without, without Jaffe involved. I mean, I think in terms of the good qualifier <laughs> with the first party Sony things, I think the the franchise that I'm most excited to see continue is God of War, even yeah. more than Last of Us and Horizon. So yeah, I, for I sure. think I'd have to go God of War too. Okay, you know, at launch, God, that'd be wild. Yeah, it? There's I, no universe I don't think so. unless but it's dreams. If we can dream, you know, yeah, unless they do basically the Lost Legacy style thing where it's like, okay, same world. We're just kind of remixing some things, kind of a, a point five entry, version. you know? I'd take one of those. Hey, I'd take I'd one of those. I'd rather have two, but hey, there we go. Whatever. Jeff, I'm dream. I mean, too. it's hard because so many, we know that they're working on these games. I guess Horizon? Really? If it was, if it if it had been built from the ground up for next gen technology, Which I think it has, yeah. And if they if they're using that in an interesting way, yeah. But it, but I'm worried that a lot of those games are just going to be like, well, okay, we can make the open world even bigger, or we can make it a little prettier. Mm-hmm. Like, more can you can you grass. use the technology in a way that makes gameplay more interesting? Is what I'm hoping we see. Yeah. Uh, Holden hints is has a real humdinger of a question here. He says, hey, friend of the show, Holden Hints here. Hi. There is a certain quality of entertainment I call <clears throat> Molden for Holden, which is something okay. I believe to be hand-sculpted to my interests. In the world of video games, this will usually include... <laughs> okay, I think I see where he's going, yeah. <laughs> so this is his thing. Okay. When we're talking Molden for Holden, his number number one entry is... Jungle levels. Okay. Holden loves a good jungle level. Okay. Who doesn't love a jungle level? Yeah. They're all great. I'm fine. Uh, plenty of character customization options and useful AI companions that accompany you. Yeah. Therefore, what would be the requirements for the cruise versions of qualities that are specifically mm. up their alley? Gosh. Yeah. I, I like this question, actually, because this is kind of like uh, with uh, Jeff Cork, big big little guy in a big world mm-hmm. where we're always like oh that that's that's such a cork thing cork loves that you right. know it's like so what are those things for a leo ass leo game uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah uh i would say farming stuff okay 
Okay. Uh, okay. Crafting stuff. I mean, Dragon Quest Builders was basically was like it? my kind of game. Molding yeah. for Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Mark I, I mean, like I like weird procedurally generated stuff when it doesn't just feel randomly generated. Sure. That kind of stuff. No Man's Sky was another Jeff Mass Jeff game. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's a simple. It's a Paper Mario Spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, when it comes to like 2D platformers, I want a 2D map that gr- builds out mm. as I explore. I also really like games that let you upgrade your movement abilities. Mm. If I can jump higher and run faster and like add a third jump or a double mm. jump, like that's something that I'm always like, yes, give me there those upgrades. Go. You that's know? good. All right, Hans. Uh, we, wait, we should say that sur- Serials is pervert anime stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Like box art where it's just like legs akimbo, yes. panties yeah. ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hans. <laughs> Yeah, that's why he wasn't allowed on the Great Goatee Hunt. We were checking out those Steam games because he just kept insisting on downloading <laughs> yeah. all those gross ones. It was like thousands before we caught him and deleted him. Get out of here! It was filling up the hard Go drive on, on the new computer. And we say he's sick, but he just had one of those anime nosebleeds because he saw <laughs> <Yes>. anime boobies. <laughs> yeah, he passed out. Yeah, he's sick, all right. <laughs> Hans Kleinenberg says, hiya. Hello. So now that all the stardust has settled after The Mandalorian, Fallen Order, and Rise of Skywalker. What would you say is your least favorite thing about Star Wars? Mine would have to be the Force. What started with a sixth sense sort of thing, which could also move stuff with your mind, ended up being something that could be whatever the director screener wanted it to be. (laughs) And then he lists some spoilers and stuff. Um, That's 100% my biggest gripe with Star Wars is just the Dragon Ball Z-esque just Escalation. escalation of Force powers to the point now where it's like, I don't feel anything. I want to feel the struggle of Luke moving a rock. Like, that is my level of force. And anything above that, it's like, eh, I don't feel anything anymore. Mm. I want to see some struggle. And that's my biggest frustration with the new trilogy is just like, yeah, there's a tiny bit of that with Rey, but not nearly enough. Yeah. This is kind of a tough question. That's a dumb thing to not like. Really? Yeah. The escalation of the force? Yeah, I guess it, that did not bother me. Like, they used it in new and interesting ways. I guess I didn't feel like it was just, like, a thing to fill plot holes. Oh, I think some people do think that. I, I but... understand that they do. Yeah. And I'm not faulting them for having opinions that are different than mine. Uh-huh. But, it... but don't you think, like, the sweet spot is, like, going from zero to, oh, maybe there's a little something I can do here. Like, when you see Yoda... Really, it feels like pushing himself to raise the X-wing out of the swamp. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, Hanson, you're not a kid anymore. Okay, we can't go back and have like the same that. I magical just want them thing. To be a little more conservative with what the Force can do, and I know you got hacks like Stig Asmussen over there in the Jedi Fallen Order team, being like, let us rip a moon in half. Whatever happens in that game, I don't think that happens. Yeah, that does not happen in that game. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, when like so many people are asking Lucas, like, let's up it, let's up it, let's up yeah. it. We have a story to tell. I think that's a tough, slippery slope. Fine. Oh, does anybody Fine. else have any gripes I, with Star Wars? Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, I get. I got kind of frustrated over the long term of the new trilogy of like familial sort of relationships and like making I, the universe smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's that joke that's going around on Twitter. Well, you know, it's a spoiler, so I won't share. But like, just like, I think I, I, I liked. I I liked that it was like new people coming in right. without any sort of connection. Like, yes. I, I, you know, and I. It, so by the end of the most recent one, I was kind of frustrated. That's like, okay, let's let's like like grow out the sort of the people who can be involved in this conflict. Yeah, and, yeah, for sure. But I still well, like Star Wars. Yeah, mine is I never want to see another fucking cantina. <laughs> Why do they think that's so fun? Is just because everyone's so nostalgic over New yeah, Hope? Yeah, and and that's like 
that's the thing that the larger issue of just like that nostalgia, like we have to we have to give the nudge and the wink to everyone to remind them that this is Star Wars. Like yeah. we get it at this point. You yeah. don't need like you can't keep doing that in every damn movie that comes out. There's like four different cantinas in Mandalorian. Yes. We'll talk about on a max spoilers, I'd imagine we how many cantinas will. there are. Yeah. yeah. But just like Continue telling original new stories. Show me new stuff that I haven't seen. I like right. all the new different alien designs and that yeah. kind of stuff. And there, there's some lore stuff in in uh, Rise of Skywalker that that was that I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing that I've never thought about. And C-3PO lore? No. Okay. Trying no. to keep it cryptic, huh? All yeah. right. But just that kind of stuff. Get away from reusing stuff and just enough with the cantinas. We understand yeah. that. Aliens like to go to drinking holes, and there's goofy music there. I mean, that comes from the sort of the, the Western roots of Star Wars, right? Of like you have to go to the saloon, like at that right, yeah. and like there has to be a dangerous place, right? Where you can and I think, it, but it also congregate. just comes from everybody loves New Hope is very influential for like the age yeah. of people that are making the Star Wars cutting content around now. to different aliens is like gotta have. Yeah, that, and it's right? like oh, if you yeah, get to yeah, make yeah. a Star Wars story. I would personally be excited about a cantina, but if you're like, okay, hold myself back, we yeah. can come up yeah. with other ideas here. Yeah, my hope is that like we just they just really Star Wars dives into like genres. You know what I mean? Like, let's get a Star Wars comedy, like a Star Wars like Star Wars detours from Seth Green. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> uh, Not quite what I meant. But okay. Speaking of Star Wars, we have a uh, Geo Bagany. Uh, he says one of my childhood gaming dreams was to be able to play Kingdom Hearts with the graphics of the pre-animated cutscenes. Now I think that that dream can become a reality. Graphics are insane nowadays, and especially after seeing the buttery transition in Marvel's Spider-Man, it gets me very excited to see more seamless transitions from cutscenes to gameplay. Have any crazy dreams come true for you guys already, or are you still waiting for technology to make another great, great leap for gaming? So, like, tech that we wanted to see in yeah. games in the future that eventually came to exist. Yeah, I, I think the biggest in my lifetime... Because I wasn't looking closely enough when Mario 64 came out, I was pretty passive, a pretty passive gamer in that era. But uh, like GTA 3 was the one that completely shattered my brain. Mm -hmm. And then it became that, well, I remember specifically on the Saints Row the Third cover story trip with Game Informer, we were talking to one of the tech leads there and he's going to give us a tour of Steelport? Is that the Saints Row town? I think it is. Um, and he was talking about it and it was so sweet. He's like, yeah, because I remember when I was young and playing games i remember just thinking like what if you could just walk around an entire city and then he's like and then we got that with gta 3 and then i remember thinking what if it's like a whole city but you could like go indoors because that was a huge weird mm -hmm, limitation mm -hmm, with gta 3 yeah. he was like well you can't fly the dodo too well and you can't go indoors right and that's why he was so excited about working on saints for three he's like look at all these interiors you can go into you know so like yeah. i feel like i've seen that that satisfying epiphany in the yeah. industry already that was mine too and i remember i think it was an old egm issue where they it was when they were first talking about Grand Theft Auto 3 and they had like one screenshot of, you know, the the main nameless character like running away from police. And, and I remember looking at that picture and it just blowing my mind of like, oh, my God, they're going to take Grand Theft Auto, but it's going to be yeah. a 3D world that I can run around. And they more or less really delivered on oh, yeah. that promise. Oh, and yeah. God, that, that was mind blowing. The, that's been the biggest one for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Go but is yes, up there now, for me. But now at this point, I want to see that big city, but every building has an interior. Okay. A very rich interior. Yes. I mean, that's, yeah, the big city thing, but like, I mean, Red Dead 2 is pretty damn yeah, close. Which, which is yeah. the way that you do it in that you have smaller towns, you right. know, instead of a New York. Right. You right. have smaller western towns. Uh, Thomas Hoster 
Uh, I think he's a new supporter. I saw him in MinFax this week. Hey, Thank Thomas. you, Thomas. He says, hey, MinMax, uh, I know, Ben, you have mentioned following the Easy Allies podcast yet religiously, uh, but did you see the recent show where Kyle talked with his parents about video games as he grew up? I don't know if you guys listened to this one. Started it, yeah. It's one of those where it started and I was like, oh, this is a different one. It's funky, but okay, I think I get it. But then listening to it, it's like, I don't think my imagination has been lit up as much by a gaming podcast in the last year as that Easy Allies episode because okay. it's just so heartfelt and it just made me think like so much about like, oh, is he trying to like goad his parents into saying something like accidentally jokey about the industry, how sincere is it? It's just like my mind was racing that entire episode. I loved yeah. it. Did, did we explain what the episode i mean it's basically no. just him talking to his yeah it's him talking to his parents about yeah. him growing up with video games right, right. this I, is kyle which is yeah. interesting yeah kyle bossman uh but anyways uh thomas says so min max what opinions did your parents have about your video game playing as a young kid didn't care for it yeah they were confused by it and violently uninterested in what was happening but you had like an older brother to kind of take that blow right yeah like, he probably got into that stuff before uh no me and my brother got into it at the same time like we oh. our first console was a super nintendo that mm. we both received and you know then my sister was into video games but in terms of what my parents were sort of looking at like they were completely uninterested i remember my mom watched me play goldeneye once and was just just flabbergasted and was just yeah. like all you're doing is shooting people like it just was like this is Awful. I'm gonna wash your eyes with soap. I know, I know, yeah. So, not not interested. <laughs> yeah, my my parents had a Bally Astrocade, which was our first system. It was weird. What is Atari that? knockoff? And what? It, it was interesting in that the controllers were basically pistol grips, and it, it had a trigger on it. But then at the top was a joystick that also twisted, which oh. which some games would use in oh, weird. in weird ways. But basically, it was a crappy system and the games were overpriced and i think i think they got it when they were younger and that gave them the impression that video games were a waste of time and a waste of money and so growing up one of the most traumatizing memories i have is one christmas my grandma called and was talking to my mom and i heard the conversation from my mom's end saying no we don't want them to have a nintendo so you shouldn't buy them one the original (laughs) nintendo which scarred me for life and then they they let us get a super nintendo and then when the n64 came out i i saved up my money and and i talked my mom into taking me to mall of america to buy it because it was sold out everywhere place for fun we got it they had it she and she didn't let me buy it and she said i didn't think we'd find it but i don't want you to buy it and so like i i eventually wore down and got it and they became cooler with it over the years but yeah they were very much they didn't want us to play too much we could occasionally rent a system for mr movies with a couple games yeah. and play it, you know, for a weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they very much tried to limit our game time as yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, growing up in a in the forest, like I felt like I spent a lot of time outdoors as a kid. But I think it was still that thing of my parents being like, "Go outside, or go outside." I'm like, I feel like I am compared to how fun these video games are. I yeah. feel like I'm very generous <laughs> with how much I'm going outside here, everybody. But yeah, because I basically just played Apple II. Like it wasn't oh, sure. an obsession until like the PlayStation rolled around. And then it was just, yeah, what are you guys doing down there so much? And every time I'd go over to watch my friends play JRPGs and stuff for days at a time, sometimes in the summer, I think, yeah, my mom just thought we were over there doing drugs and stuff. I was <laughs> like, yeah, no. I just really wanted to watch my friend play through it that part drugs. of Chrono Cross. Yeah, it's better than drugs. It's Chrono Cross, baby. Chrono Cross. By the way, I looked up a picture of the Bally Astro Kid. That is dumb. It, yeah, <laughs> it is It is super dumb. One of the games was just a calculator. 
Oh. Oh, and the system, I don't know if it shows the picture, but the system had like a number pad built into it so that you could type in your numbers because I guess it was kind of a cross between video games and like first home computers. Yeah, so yeah. We don't know. So you could, you could do math on your TV screen by yeah. pressing the number buttons on the console. It, oh, was, boy. it was just a real mess uh, of it's like those, technology. Like, those like Switch games now that you see every now and then in the store that are like clock. It's just like a clock that someone's selling for Switch for ninety nine cents. You know? yeah. Yeah. That's actually the game of the year twenty twenty. Oh, uh, clock! Yeah, so clock. far it's very exciting. Uh, Levi writes in and says, "Hey guys, I got some MinMax merch over the Christmas break. Congrats. Thank you. Thank Check you. it out on the official site, MinMax.com. Two ends. Uh, yesterday, my first day back at work. Uh, he's a third grade teacher. No, oh. I wore a hoodie to school. Heck yeah." I had so many people ask what MinMax was and found myself trying to explain Patreon and what this was. <laughs> Interesting to me was that for the most part when I explained it to my third graders, they could understand the model as a, of a Patreon probably due to Twitch and YouTube. I would say, though, that out of the 14-ish adults that asked me about it, none knew what a Patreon was and few even could understand MinMax and walked away super confused. <laughs> All right. Thanks for annoying everybody for us. Yeah. How often did you guys explain MinMax to family over the break? Did you have trouble explaining the Patreon? Huh. Uh, no. I pretty much just skipped that that part of the conversation and just said, yeah, we're, we're making our own business and yeah. it's going fine. It's going well. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. yeah. We're making it, and it's, yeah. it's weird when we were at Game Informer, it was very easy to just say, I'm an editor, and people yes. understand that. It's a magazine. Yes. I work for a magazine. I work for a magazine. Yeah. Yes, that's yep. much easier. It's And it's weird now to say, we make videos, you know? Yep. People don't understand that. I don't even bother to say we make podcasts because, right. you know, adults aren't going to know what I've those tried, are. I've tried to keep it the same when people ask, and it's like, I'm a video producer. And then if they ask more, then it's like, well. Okay, you've opened a, a floodgate here. Yeah, right? it's yeah. like, I'm a video producer, but I make videos in my basement. But it's crowdfund, crowdfunded, and I like multiple people have been like, oh, like I'm sorry, type of thing. And it's like, no, but it's going well, and like yeah, you feel yeah, weird yeah. being like, oh no, we have like almost two thousand supporters. Yeah, you can go and look, people yeah. are very generous and stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's a weird defensive position, and so I had a weird thing where over Christmas, I like my parents' neighbors, I guess, wanted to meet a lot of us, so we all trekked over there, and then the guy was asking me about what I did and stuff. And then my dad, my dad's very nice. He's like, oh no, he's, he's, he does the, he's trying to explain me. And he's like, oh, he, he started the thing. Minmax. It was in the newspaper. Minmax. Like the guy knows what the word Minmax is. <laughs> and then literally the neighbor, who's like this 65 year old guy, he's like, Oh, oh, you're the one that does stuff with computers. <laughs> the computer. computer loving loving cars. Cars. That was where that newspaper uh. article was released. It's like, Yes, I'm the computer guy. And then he's oh, like, that's so funny. Boy, I'm having a tough time with uh, syncing my iPad. I'm like, I, <laughs> Perfect. I don't know, man. I don't understand Look, iCloud send us some money on Patreon. I'll come over. I'll do some IT for you. <laughs> uh, Travis Manick says, if you categorize all games alphabetically, which letter has the best collection of games? S. It's S by a mile, right? That's uh, done. Just because of Super... You have so many Supers. You have... Super Metroid, Sunset. Super Mario World. Well, outside of that, though, what other S's? What other S juggernauts? Uh, Strider. <laughs> Sunset Riders. Uh, gosh. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2. Sekiro. 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 Good, good couple last good, years um, for S's. Yeah. Uh, Sinside. Slimbo. <laughs> Hang on. I'm not Googling. Let's really try and come up with this. Okay, so we got yeah, we got a bunch of S's and uh, the supers, right? I mean, yeah. Um, There's uh, uh, Serious Sam. 
That's two. Yep. Mm. So that's a double whammy. Yep. In categories, that would get you twice the number of points. Outside of Super, what is the best S game? Is the question for the community. Sakura, right? Right now, of all time, the best time? S game. That's not Super. That's not Super. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, Splatoon. Splatoon. Mm. Splatoon two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sla. <laughs> this is surprisingly hard. <laughs> Why is it this is. hard? I'm cheating now. A uh, video game. I give up. Okay, anyways, best S game that's not super. Let us know. Uh, yeah. Jim Boy Me Bob says, Now, Ben Hansen, oh. back when True Detective Season 1 first came out, I accidentally watched the last episode first. Oh, no. Then went to the first episode. I was incredibly confused because I thought the whole series was a prequel until I got to the last episode and realized I was a moron. Uh, I think this is in reference to the Knives Out thing, but yeah. I love that. Oh, sure, sure. But I think, I think that'd be a fun way to look at mm-hmm. that show, especially like the way Season 1 it would ends still for hold True up, Detective. I think, you oh, know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. A uh, guy incognito says, I saw cats. <laughs> oh, it is no. a fresh hell for the senses, but I smiled ear to ear from start, from start to finish. Yeah, I still want to see it. What's the worst piece of media you got immense pleasure out of in 2019? In 2019. Right. Hmm. I think of, uh, like I said, I, I'm obsessed with Kevin Smith. I don't, I don't understand it. Don't ask me too much about it, but truly obsessed um, to the point that, and Ben Reeves is basically along this journey with me. So at some point in 2019, Ben Reeves came over and we watched Jason Muse's directorial oh. debut called Madness in the Method. So this is like Jay from Jan Seven Bob, you know. So he directed a movie and it like has cameos from Stan Lee. It is technically Stan Lee's last appearance Perfect. on oh, film. No. It is unbearable oh. and confusing and bad. But I'm glad that I watched it just because it is like to have a movie that is so directly referencing so much of Kevin Smith's work, I, f- I would feel incomplete if I hadn't seen it. Like, mm. Dante's a big part of it from Clerks and stuff. It is. And he plays Weird. like a horny producer. It truly sucks. Okay. <laughs> and, it's, and it's confusing. It's one of those movies that's so bad it's confusing. I mean, I a couple of years ago, I, I just sort of decided that because there's that there's that inclination to hate watch things you know mm-hmm. like there was the uh, death note live action adaptation oh yeah on netflix mm-hmm. and everyone was like oh it's so bad you gotta watch it and it was around that time that i was like i don't want to do that i don't want to hate watch things i don't want to watch things that are actively bad for the sake of you know what i mean like yeah. i just if i'm going to spend two hours watching something i should watch a classic film that i missed i should watch you 2001 won't, but, should, yeah. but it's like have you never seen 2001 no i've never seen 2001 wow see like i should watch that instead of jay Jason in the method directorial debut, but I don't know. So like I don't really I don't I I, I was super into that sort of entertainment in like high school, like going yeah. to the, those the B movie section at my local like you know Hollywood video mm-hmm. was like my mom and pop rental shop, and and like we'd watch it as friends. But like in the last couple of years, I've like I'm not really interested in watching things just because they're bad. Right. You know? Right. Uh, so I don't have a great answer. That's a terrible answer. Yeah, Thanks for taking sorry. our time. Yeah. Uh, whenever my wife falls asleep on the couch, yeah. I'll get to watch whatever I want Hell on Netflix. Yeah. And that's usually when I watch the comedies that are too stupid <laughs> for her. And I I guess it's not a great answer, but the that murder mystery, murder mystery, Adam Sandler oh, The one. most viewed film from 2019. I've heard that yes. that's actually pretty fun yeah, and solid. It, yeah, it was it was goodish. I like really? I was entertained by it. Yeah. It was exactly what I was expecting it to be. It's stupid. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not the worst Adam Sandler movie. Can I tell you the review I heard of it from Blank Check's David Sims? Please do. Is that maybe you know what I'm talking about too? Mm-mm. It was the movie that he said that he could watch 
while looking at his phone for the full duration of the movie and not miss anything. Like that, oh, that's how he described mm, it. Like it was, I guess it's just all dialogue, right? And just like, just pretty simple shots and not like a lot of yeah. action sequences. Right. So it's like, so he just looked at his phone and had it on the background and was totally clear on everything that was happening in that film and was not confused yeah, in it any It was way. fine. You know, there, there's, I got enough chuckles out of it. Yeah. it. But it's, it's that kind of level of like, oh, everything's going to hate, uh, who's the guy, Paul Blart, you know, yeah. like oh, those, Kevin those kind of movies where it's like. Yeah, you know, like it's gonna be kind of sappy. It's gonna be dumb, but you will it's probably funny laugh enough. two yeah. to three times. Yeah, yeah. yeah like I'm sure. not gonna hate it, you know. Yeah. And I will absolutely defend. It's the movie called The Week of on Netflix. It, like Robert Smigel directed it. Oh, with Chris Rock, right there. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's Chris Rock and Adam Sandler. Like I watched it expecting it to be a train wreck, and I was like, oh, is I that the wedding will defend one? this movie. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. solid. Yeah. Yeah. No, Adam Sandler's come back around, right? I mean, thanks to Uncut Gems in a lot of ways, but I think a lot of people are certainly. Like, him being on Netflix, I think, is perfect for that yeah, style of film. for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think as a result, well, people are like, oh, wait, Adam, Adam Sandler's a talented comedian who is funny. Just don't watch the Silly Six, the Serious Six, whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever that was. There's, is. there's that horrific. split of the movies that he makes where it's like the dumb old Adam Sandler style mm-hmm. comedies. And then there's other stuff like that. And the, there was another one that he made where it was all just a, a dysfunctional family. I think that's the week of, right? No. No? Okay. Never mind. Mm, I don't know. There was another. Are you thinking of Jack and Jill? <laughs> no. The ultimate dysfunctional family? Yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't remember what the other one was. Eight but... Crazy Nights. Anyways, yes. uh, the smack writes in and says, hey, Jeff Marchiafava, if you had to describe one of your favorite games to someone using only mouth noises, how would you do it? Uh, okay. So I guess it could so just be Untitled Goose Game, and I would just honk at him, right? Wait. I think he's trying to cue you to... to honk, do... honk. No, but do it for something we don't know the answer to. Um, <laughs> Mouth noises. Mm-hmm. Oh, the game you haven't finished? Yep. Cool. <laughs> Great. It's pretty impressive that I know exactly what he was talking about. I can't believe you didn't finish Red Dead 2. I know. Break. I have a problem. You suck. Be done. 912 says, hey, congratulations. You win. Oh. You win in all expenses paid three-week trip to anywhere in the world and you leave tomorrow where do you go mm. that sounds stressful first of all but... <laughs> probably jeffum's house just so i can finally <laughs> see it um, never uh, getting in <laughs> gonna crash a plane into it <laughs> that's weird that's dark uh, i would go to fiji being a oh, huge okay. survivor fan and i would stay at ponderosa resort <laughs> That is my dream. Live, live I literally looked dude. up, like, because I have a decent amount of frequent flyer miles oh, yeah, from yeah. Game Informer and stuff, uh, which is very sweet. Yeah. And so I was like, what can I do with that? And then I was like, could I make it all the way to Fiji? I, I think I did the math. I think I could. Oh, yeah. I could get to Fiji and back. And it's like, that would be an interesting trip. Just, like, go. try and invade the Island of the Idols, tear down Sandra's big head. Survivor fans know what I'm talking about. I assume Ooh. they do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been to Japan twice for work. I'd like to go for pleasure. So that's that's probably what I would pick. Really? Go check out the Ghibli Museum. Love hotels and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> totally. See that didn't really <laughs> absorb that Nintendo history. Oh, I'd probably go to Italy. Have you been? Just a tour of Italy. No. And not the lame Olive Garden version. An actual tour of Italy. <laughs> wow, okay. There yeah. it is. Um, let's see. Andrew Bakar. I'm sorry. 
Bakar of Toon Star Wars World. Andrew Baker says, hey, <laughs> hey Min Maxers, uh, with the announcement of Dan Reichert leaving Giant Bomb in the game industry, what is your favorite memory of knowing slash working with Dan Reichert? Personally, for me, it was the super replay of Ninja Gaiden where he was trolling <laughs> Jeff. Um, it literally had me dying from laughter, and I'm surprised Jeff didn't punch him on air. Yeah. Yeah, that was that's up there. Uh, yeah, if you didn't catch it, uh, we had a video on our YouTube channel um, where it's me talking to Dan Reichert for about an hour just about him leaving the games press and kind of reflecting on his life up until this point. He tries to insist that he has no need for attention anymore, that he's an enlightened being, and I'm trying to poke holes in it. But he's at the <laughs> WWE. He's, it's going well so far, so we're all happy for him. Yeah, no, um, it's perfect for him. Yeah, I don't know. I, there's so much from like personal life with Dan, too, that it's tough to figure out, like, what is the best moment it's it's just like dumb silly stuff that really makes us laugh like um I remember one time we're like out at my lake place and we're playing that game that we played on air where you count down and then try and name two things mm. and then mm. count down again and name the thing that's directly between those and try to get to the same thing and there was some absurd moment where it's like we had started it and we're two wildly different words it was something like family and table like it was literally like that abstract is the way i remember it and then the next clue we arrived on the same word which was nutty professor to the clumps <laughs> <laughs> like it was just like the furthest leap and we both derived directly oh, on hilarious. the clumps wow. and i was very delighted by that so that's probably number one day yeah, record yeah, moment yeah, yeah it's we can pretty, all identify think, with that one <laughs> i've shared it before i think i even shared it recently on twitter where he we were at e3 at this party at an event or something and he was, we were and nearby. And he peed in the bush. He peed is in the that... bush. No, that was before my time, but oh, I have okay. heard that story before. Uh-huh. Um, and he just kind of <laughs> suddenly turned to me and was like, hey, this guy's a huge fan of Fez. And the guy walked up to me and was like, oh, man, I, it's, it's great to meet you. I love Fez. And I was like, yeah, that's a great game. I, I really love Fez, too. I, I don't, and in my mind, I was like, I don't know why Dan was so adamant that, like, we connect, you know, and be Fez fans, me and this stranger. And then, like, we were talking a little bit, and then it was uh, sort of revealed between us and Dan that Dan had told that person that I was Phil Fish and just introduced me as Phil Fish to this person without telling me. And uh, that was very strange. And it was just like That's this a Dan per- thing to do. It's such like a perfect, like very, very quick, smart, and like yeah. honestly, smart Dan prank that's like totally yeah. worked because I happen to have a passing resemblance to Phil Fish. Yeah, for sure. Rest in peace, Dan. Yeah. 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 Um, hey, you guys know what time it is. <gasps> Get a load of this. Get a load of this. Oh, my goodness. Get a load of this. Yes, sir. Uh, it's a picture, so audio listeners are out of luck. Yeah. But it's a picture. I'll you can add it to the video when we're done. It was a delicious-looking breakfast that I saw. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, on a news feed somewhere, and I looked at it and I was like, "That does look delicious," but I'm sure it's terrible for you. And I, I guess I've been googling enough, like different diet, you know, news stories or huh. whatever. Like when they show up in my feed, I'll click on them, and then so Google thinks I'm obsessed with that. So I assumed it was some kind of like keto diet, something yeah, or other. Yeah. No, it turns out it. It was fake. It was from a video game. And even more amazingly, it was from Dreams. The second Someone best made, game of 2019? Yep. Someone made a, well, number one, actually. Oh, for I me. Yes. But someone made a, well, not someone. John uh, Beach. John Beach, yes, who was the... He's a designer. I mean, designer. Yeah. Yes, game designer. Senior principal designer. Uh, Point is, go look at this breakfast because it's bonkers. Yeah, it's very impressive. He made a photorealistic, which is the other thing that people always talk about dreams. It's like, oh, well, you know, they all kind of look fuzzy and there's this dream, you know, like 
a quality that all filter dreams kind things of. have. No fuzz on them beans, no, boy. It was <laughs> photorealistic. So then I took just the picture and I showed it to my wife. I said, what do you think of this? Mm-hmm. What does this look like? And she said, it looks like heartburn. <laughs> But she didn't realize that it was that it that was, was a, that it was. And she tried licking your phone. Yes, and then it got very weird. <laughs> Beautiful. So go get a load of it, and I'll, so then I booted up Dreams and actually looked at it because, and it it's just as impressive. It's yeah. not it's not a trickery of just looking at a right. small picture on your phone. Okay. It is can, just so that you photorealistic. Can like look around the three D model. And yep. Stuff like yeah. That. Very cool, yeah. Kyle. Uh, so this was one. Uh, get a load of this, you uh-huh. guys. This is one I actually had planned to bring up when Plants vs. Zombies came out. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, I kind of <laughs> forgot about it, but then I realized that oh, this would be a great... Well, there's so much other stuff to talk about with that release. Yeah, right. But this, I thought this would be a good thing to talk about with Get a Load of This. Uh, it's a little bit long, but I'll try to go fast. Uh, I wanted to play split-screen co-op with the kid, uh, and she was excited to do it. So I'm going to give you everything I had to go through to oh play split-screen God. co-op. Don't make us share in your agony. It's, it's, it blows my mind okay, how, how sure. complicated this was. So first I Google it to see if it's available. It is uh, Xbox and PS4, but not on PC. Uh, then I had to, let's see. Okay. So I tried to sign into a guest account, which I couldn't do. So I had to make an account. So I made an account for the kid, and she's underage. So I have to make her a kid account under the parent umbrella. And then to prove I'm an adult, they had to charge me 50 cents. So that's like the first step to make my kid an account. Can't you just make like ambiguous user one or whatever? No, you couldn't. It had to be like an online connected account. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So then... Um, and then I, <laughs> this was on me, but I had like expired debit cards all over my PlayStation account. So that was super complicated. And then it was like, I had to get on a browser to remove old cards to add new cards so that they could send me 50 cents or they could charge me 50 cents to prove that this account is real. Okay. So then after all that, I sign into this new account that I made her and we have to set up her screen name, which doesn't take too long, but I have to make her a PlayStation account, you know? Um, Let's see, and then and then so then we get the screen name. It's available. Uh, the only hurdle I have to log, I have to log into her email to confirm her email address. I have Your to daughter like, has an I email? have to make an email address for her, and then make a PlayStation account so that we can play split screen Plants vs Zombies. Okay, so then I've set all that up. It's time to play. Uh, we hold down the square button on the second controller, and it says the account doesn't have the necessary permissions. So I log into her account on my phone, and it still won't let her log in. I'm trying to like change permissions. I close the game. I go into the parental control on the system, open up her account there, and then it works. I can I say like she's allowed to play whatever I want. Uh-huh. Um, so then we hold down square again, and it and it seems to be working. It lets her sign in, but then I have to create a separate EA account for her. Uh-huh. So then I have to go and make an EA account for her, uh, which means like making a separate screen name, separate password, all this stuff. And then so after making all these accounts, getting charged fifty cents to prove I'm a grown up with a kid who has a, a place station account we finally are allowed to play split screen so it took all that all that just to play yeah that's so frustrating what became 20 minutes of plants versus zombies with my kid i'm sorry i'm sorry to go through this it's too complicated hey get a load of this uh you guys remember a little fella by the name uh what 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 what? thomas jefferson yeah so this crazy fella i didn't know this so Northwest Territory at that time, it was basically like Minnesota, Ohio, that entire spread, right? That mm-hmm. was what was called the Northwest Territory. Thomas Jefferson apparently mapped out how that should be divided for 10 states, and he gave all those states names. So get a hmm. load of this. He would have called Minnesota, roughly the area that Minnesota is, Minnesota's in, Sylvania. 
Sylvania? Yeah. Okay. Isn't it's that a, like a... Like Transylvania? I think so. So he combined a bunch it's of like an native words company. with Latin. Yeah. I saw it and I was like, oh, that's not a bad name for a, a Patreon based in Minnesota. <laughs> and I looked it up. Okay, people have taken Sylvania. It's like a some sort of evil chemical corporation oh, or something. Great, great. His other names for the other states, Michigania, so pretty close. Okay. For Michigan, right? Yep. Obviously. Charon, Charonesis... Assassinipus. Okay. Metropotamia, which is a <laughs> very good sci-fi town name. Please, <laughs> somebody make Metropotamia. Metropotamia. Do you know what state that was supposed to be? Uh, I Roughly? forget. Okay. Uh, Illinois, Saratoga, Washington, which was what he wanted to call the Ohio area. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Uh, Polypotamia and Pelipsia. Polypsia. Thomas Jefferson, one of the greatest writers in American history. I this like is what he comes up with. Assassin nipple, the, the best. <laughs> yeah, assassin nipple. Assassin nipple. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I Thomas Jefferson live. was assassin nippleated. I don't know. That's fine. Uh, it's a long show here, everybody. It's interesting. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Uh, thanks it. for tuning in to this episode of the Mid-Max Show podcast. This is fun. Um, yeah. 2020. If you want very specific plans of where we're going with MinMax and stuff, that's really what MinFax is for. If you're a $5 supporter, you can listen to the audio version of that. We release that every Tuesday morning, like we mentioned at the top of the show. So check that out. Um, otherwise, just check out the Patreon. See if you need tiers, float your boat. That Discord remains amazing. And if you support us at any mm-hmm. level, you get access to the Discord. It's a, it's a fun chat uh, constantly going on in there. But um, as for the future logos in the works a lot of other fun things are in the works hopefully with the logo we can have a little bit of a mini relaunch i think um Mm. in a way that'll please fans new merch around that time as well so a lot of fun stuff in the future for minmax but thanks so much for getting on that old merch now you're saying right i'm gonna leave the old merch up there because i like having just like the classic design is like the old school shirts and stuff uh but thanks again for everybody for sticking with us uh throughout the holiday break and into 2020 really appreciate it and until next time Be good, have fun, let's go. Get better, cereal.